0: They're evil, they signs of evil. That's World famous. Lazar, what's up dude? Welcome to the show. Hey man, thanks for having me
1: man. The legendary Mark McKenna, welcome to the show. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thanks that's, guys. The, that's the best we can do Mark, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> round table
2: show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project
0: be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSA. Alright everybody, welcome to this year's first roundtable edition, right here on psn-radio.com. I am the Jackal, back with you on the roundtable, and as always with me is starting off with the one and only, my real Radio life mate, that's right, Zod Ryder. Zod Ryder, how you doing buddy, welcome to 2019, how's
1: it going? Oh, it's great, it's great to be back. Great to have
0: you back as well. well. Great to be back. I've taken a long layoff, long hiatus, and it's uh, just fun to be back with you guys. Glad to hear your voice. And with us, as always, our number one hombre, our other heterosexual and uh, life mate on radio, the one and only Mr. Johnny Alpha. Welcome to 2019,
2: sir. Yeah, man, we're in the future and shit. How's it feel, Ooh. you guys? I mean, like, woohoo, like, <laughs> we. Marty McFly don't even got an almanac for this year, brother. You know what I mean?
0: Hey, I'm still waiting for a couple things. I'm waiting for a uh, hoverboard, flying cars, and uh, the almanac. Yeah, I'd like to have an almanac that tells me stuff for the future so I could win uh, some baseball games. You know, one thing that they almost got right in that movie, by the way, and a lot of folks, uh, you know, overlook this, uh, the Cubs did win a World Series during the last few years, That's, that much is true, but there's no way they can do it over Miami, even though Miami does now have a team, remember before they were the Florida Marlins, they switched to the Miami Marlins, like in the movie, the Miami Gators, but they're not, in, you know, they're in the same division, so they can never be in the World Series together, so a couple of discrepancies here and there, but pretty damn close and uh, why am I uh, giving nostalgia here for like old stuff because we're going to go and give a rundown tonight of our top best and worst films of 2018 I got about 18 movies that I saw last year uh, not all of us uh, seen that many movies. Is that how many movies did you end up seeing last year? Like a handful, right? Uh, yeah, like
1: a handful. Maybe, maybe about ten or fifteen in tol- total uh, from the year of 2018.
0: And yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, I, you could randomly uh, put them together. I'm sure you have a top five or six that you. Really yeah, I got love. a top
1: five. I got a yeah, top five.
0: Yeah, five. Johnny, I know you have a little bit of a list of best and worst also uh, put together. So that's going to be later on in the show. And uh glad to have you guys back. We're also going to give all the uh, box office results at the end of the hour here and uh man, let me tell you uh it's been quite a run for a uh fish guy.
2: Aqua Daddy be owning shit for once, man. Like, it, it's kind of really neat to see a character that's been so mocked in pop culture actually get his day in the sun and actually have a really, really interesting and fun movie for himself. I mean, it, it's kind of looking up for the DCEU. I kind of wish that they would have started like this because, you know, like how Marvel built off of, like, Thor and Iron Man. I think it's really neat that the DCEU is actually finally getting built off of, like, Wonder Woman and Aquaman. That, that's kind of. Kind of really neat. I, I like when universes can get built with the slightly smaller than their
0: biggest names. Now, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, it's on its way to uh, possibly a billion dollars. It says uh, probably
1: by probably by next week it'll be at a billion.
0: Which is amazing. I mean, let's uh, be yeah. honest, nobody in their right minds ever thought that Aquaman would be making more money at the box office than Batman vs Superman. Justice League, uh, well, most of the Marvel movies. Um, I mean, this is an incredible thing. The guy that everybody mocked as, uh, "What does he do? He talks to fish." Well, how is that gonna, like, you know? cross over to the mainstream. Pretty damn easily get James Wan, the director, who's loved in uh, in China, and and, uh, have him go at it with, uh, you know, all his uh, brilliance and special effects and CGI and action, and uh, this is what we get, an Aquaman movie that sells in the foreign market like crazy, it's doing good here in the U.S. as well, Uh, but the split is pretty obvious, China is huge for this movie. And uh, if it wasn't for China, it would still be a a big, big hit for Warner Brothers, which they need at this point, because as uh, this movie kind of proves, and Wonder Woman proved, audiences want new, different things, even though it might be a property that they love or a character that they're aware of, they want to see something different. They don't want to see the same old thing over and over and over and over and over again. Which is why I think they've embraced this character. That and James Wan, I think, won him over. Once you see, you know, Superman over and over and over and over again done wrong after a while, you know, you get to the point of Justice League with the studios interfering and chopping it up like it was, you know, liver uh, or dog meat as Warner Brothers did to that movie and Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder and everybody else, uh, you know, you end up with Justice League. Now, I haven't seen the movie, but there's no tie to Justice League or anything else really that closely, right, guys? I know both of you There's a, that. There's a few. There's a there, few, they, they, you, have they, to, you have to look for them.
2: Yeah, there's, th- a, there's a neat little thing. There's a couple of things that are like, hey, remember this guy from this movie in case, like, you needed a, a reminder, but it's not overt. It's not like how they have – Iron Man remembering being blown up in Avengers and shit like that. There's nothing like right. that. And um, I think another thing that you missed out on is they. Th- he is a weird casting choice. But Jason Momoa has just embraced the character and he's given it almost the same kind of life that like um, Chris Hemsworth did with Thor. He's just this big, goofy, charming bastard that people just enjoy to watch and see him be. Wild, you know what I mean? He's, and he just had a ball in this film, and half the fun of it was watching him just have fun playing Aquaman. And I, I, I love when a film can do that for me. You know, you, you, you go on a journey with the guy in the film, and he is literally selling it like he is having the time of his life. it's the same reason why I liked Venom so much, because Tom Hardy, he... I've never seen him look like he had that much fun in a film before. And Jason Momoa had that same type of thing going on with them. And when you get that kind of connection with the actor in a film that it's as silly as Aquaman, it really helps pull you through it as a part of the experience. You know what I mean? It really helps you bond with the character and the film as a whole if you can actually enjoy that the character is enjoying himself.
0: Now this is amazing, guys. Right now, as it sits, Aquaman is at two hundred and fifty-nine million domestically, and uh, it's uh, going to be number one again this weekend, probably. It's at nine hundred and forty million worldwide. So yeah, it's going to hit a billion pretty soon. And uh, let me see. Release date was December twenty-first. Right yeah, now, right Christmas. yeah, right before Christmas. It's only January six, guys. Uh the movie still has a, a few more weeks to uh, make money. So, 300 million domestically is right around the corner. Where do you guys think this is going to end up? Because I'm looking at three. Originally, I thought 250 uh, would be a good domestic haul for the movie. It's ready past that. Uh, 300, right around the corner. Uh, what do you think? Three, 350 around there?
1: That sounds about right. You know, for you know, considering. You know how dumb American audiences are. I'd say yeah, about three three
2: fifty. Oh man, you are so bitter. You, you, your team probably I mean, has a good film. Why are you angry about it,
1: man? Because I think because because I think that this movie because... should be doing better in the United States. It should be doing better domestically. It's, it's a three hundred million dollar movie, the... though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. Come on, I. You know, this is a movie that I could I could see easily making. You know, if it were, I don't know, if more people had gone to see it, it would probably be at least at least six six hundred. You know, but the
2: thing is, is it's know. still Aquaman. Like the thing is, yeah, well, that's are... the thing too. Yeah, it's still
1: Aquaman, but I don't know. I just I just wanted to have a really. I like the fact that it's almost at a billion dollars though worldwide. That's got me more excited than anything. It's well, just nice to see. Yeah. Aqu- a man joined that billion dollar club it's what what this is teaching us all is that domestic total really isn't all that important anymore because we got a whole world we got hey, we have to worry about so well, well i don't we know <laughs> the
2: first couple movies started hitting a couple billion dollars because of overseas numbers like the um yep. the domestic total hasn't really meant shit for a while like, unless people want to try to be like well, it was a flop here It was like yeah but it made like Three times the amount of money in China, so like the Meg is a hit, no matter what American critics try to say. You
0: know, yeah, man. but the, the problem is the, the the yeah domestically it, it might not uh, accumulate as much money as the foreign market. But remember, guys, studios get a bigger split for the domestic totals than they do in the foreign market. Uh, China, while it's going to reflect more money, it's going to pay the U.S. studio that made Aquaman less money than they made here in the U.S. Now, China has brought in $261 million there alone. They don't get a 50-50 split from that. They get maybe a 20% cut of that. So, the numbers are inflated, but the overall cut is a lot less that's why when you look at these big numbers in, in other countries, it fluctuates uh, the amount of money that comes back to the studios because each country has their own set of rules and laws and allow you to bring their movies into their countries under those certain rules and laws. China doesn't allow every movie to open up there, as we've right. no, learned exactly. in the past. Oh, yeah, we'll you have to pay we'll- a hefty theater just to open up a film there.
2: Yeah, they, they- like twenty five movies a year, and then certain one, certain other ones that they pick. Like it's a very limited market of American films that actually get licensed and released in China. So it's pretty pretty neat that um, DC was finally able to sneak one in because a couple of theirs they weren't able to actually get over there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's why I said you know it's a good thing that it has James Wan uh, uh, attached to it as a director because he sells incredibly in China. And uh having James Wan you know on board is almost gonna guarantee you an extra a hundred, two hundred million dollars easily. Furious Seven made three hundred and fifty three million dollars share domestically, right? Three hundred and fifty three. A billion worldwide. How much do you think that was uh China? Uh
2: probably a lot. Um- uh, yeah, I don't think a little, too much of it was UK, because every Brit I know fucking hates the Fast and Furious movies. I always them trashing them, so yeah. So I figure, like, definitely Asia put a lot of money into yeah. put, into that pocket.
0: China brought in $390 million for that movie.
2: Another aspect you need to look at it about this so, thought is that this is a launching point. You got to think mm-hmm. of the people that didn't go see this movie but are hearing the word of mouth, and then will later see how much money it made, and then they will be more inspired to go see Shazam next year, to go see the Joker next year. This is just going to help.
0: No, no, the, the, no. You mean success. this year? We're, we're in 2019 now, brother. They're coming out no, this no, that's year. That's right. Yeah, my <laughs> bad.
2: <laughs> right. Uh, this year with Shazam and the Joker and the Birds of Prey movie next year, you know what I mean? Like this is all just this is all going to help DC finally get that that the house built that they want to. And um, you know, you might actually finally get a pretty decent Batman movie somewhere down the line if this keeps up. And I really hope it does because I really really want good DC movies. And if Aquaman's a taste of what's to come in the future, um sign me up, man. I'm down for the long haul now.
0: I like what DC is doing too. They're they're kind of like slowing down the production of some of these movies. We're gonna get Joker. Uh, we're gonna get a uh, uh, Matt Reeves directed Batman eventually. Um, you know, for now there's there's not gonna be any more Superman movies, which I think is good. I think Superman needs to rest for a little bit. Uh know, after ten years of Smallville, what eight years of Zack Snyderville, and now we have Superman on Girl Supergirlville. And, uh, it's just too much Superman. Uh, you know, let, let the character rest for a little bit. In fact, you know, especially if they want to reboot the character, I think let him rest for about 8 to 10 years, then bring him back in a grand reboot that has nothing to do with any of these current characters that we're seeing. And let Aquaman, you know, get his trilogy. Let Wonder Woman get a trilogy. Set up other characters. Let them get the trilogy. You know, I want to see the extended roster of the DC Universe. See what other characters they have in there, and how they came to be. When you keep recycling, like I said, the same character over and over and over again, it gets stale after a while, so uh, kudos to DC. Uh, You know, hopefully, you you know, Lucasfilm is doing the same thing with Star Wars. That's another thing we got to talk about, guys. To segue into that, Uh, 2018 was not kind for Star Wars, uh, to say the least, we had probably the most diverse year for the, uh, the Galaxy Far, Far Away, and uh, it was it was started off bad with uh, the Last Jedi, and I know you guys have your own take on uh, uh, what you felt of that movie, and then Solo bombed really hard, and uh, it just extended for the rest of the year. What are you guys now looking back? Uh, do you think there's any hope for 2019 and for Episode Nine? The uh, whatever it's going to be titled, Zod. Well, I just
1: hope so. I don't, I don't really know because, like, my expectations are really, really low. Like the way you guys feel about, you know, felt about Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, that's how I feel about the Last Jedi. So I really don't have a lot of expectations going into X. Ex- uh, episode nine. I know that it's a, you know, it's J.J. J. Abrams who's a better director than Ryan Johnson. So there's there's a chance that it could be a better movie, and and he, but he's got a lot of stuff he's got to retcon and make right, and that's the thing that has me nervous. This is the last movie in the entire saga, you know, allegedly. So if that's if that's the case, I mean, this is going to have to be a hell of a movie to get things back on track. I mean, especially for the last movie. That's the other thing that has me nervous that it's the last movie. If it was just, you know, nine and we still had, you know, ten, eleven and twelve to worry about, I wouldn't be, you know, they could they could get away with, you know, the Ryan Johnson episode eight, but I don't know, I'm a little bit nervous going forward. But I'm a little bit excited, but I'm keeping my excitement, you know, kind of Kind of minimal at this point because I don't want to be let down again with Star Wars. Getting let down two Star Wars movies in a row, that's, that's, that's a little bit much for a franchise I've spent my life loving. So, I don't know.
0: I mean, ultimately the movie sucks. We always could say, well, at least we have the original trilogy and the prequels of your family. Right, Those, Right, exactly. You know? And yeah. the
2: prequels, come on. And don't throw and, 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 okay, <laughs> and
1: we have Rogue One
0: because Rogue One yeah, was a really the complete. only
1: prequel that matters. It was really great, so you know.
0: I don't know. I I still like a lot the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, you know, I I didn't hate Attack of the Clones personally, but I love uh, some of the stuff that you know we saw Revenge of the Sith. But uh, look again, at least we have the original trilogy. Nothing could harm that. Uh, we can always look back and say, "Well, this wasn't really Luke Skywalker; it was when, uh, when Mark Hamill said uh, Jake Skywalker."
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Jake Skywalker. Well, yeah, and it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how how uh, a lot of this stuff gets retconned. It's going to be amazing to see how that how that happens. I mean, talk about being backed into a corner. I mean, wow. I don't know.
0: He has a lot of stuff to fix. There's no kidding. I was watching a video on YouTube a couple of nights ago, which, uh, you know, it, it, it cracked me up because there's something I didn't even notice. But in the opening crawl itself for The Last Jedi, there's like three contradictions on the First Order itself. Like, in one line, is like, the First Order reigns, okay? They reign. That means they have control of the galaxy. But then it says... They they don't rain, or, or, or you know they contradict the the line that they're raining, and 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 then when you watch the movie, it picks up exactly like well five minutes after the uh, the events of the Force Awakens, it's like it, it picks up right after that. But all of a sudden, it's like uh, there's no cohesiveness with that movie, and it's funny because when I first saw it in theaters. I enjoyed it, you know, I went in blinded, I didn't know too much of the of the backstory, I, I had trusted what everybody was saying, and it took me about maybe three or four viewings to kind of dissect the flaws, but every time I watch a video on YouTube where I, I see, you know, people dissecting it more and more, I'm like, my God, Ryan Johnson really, really messed up on this movie, like, there's so many plot holes, and just you know, contradictions of things, and, uh, you know, ways that he really, like, wanted to, like, just completely destroy everything that J.J. Abrams set in motion with uh, The The Force Awakens, which it boggles the mind. That movie went through the production phase where nobody at Films even better than I, because remember, they had issues with a lot of the other productions. That was the only one where everybody was like, oh, man, we're ecstatic for this movie. There's yeah, nothing be, yeah, wrong. Yeah, because, because
1: Kathleen Kennedy and, and Ryan Johnson are best
0: buddies. That's what that is.
1: You know, they're friends. So they, you know, she just allowed him to do whatever he wanted to do. And come to think about it, I don't even know what he did to earn that type of respect. Now, if you go back and you look at his movies, yeah, he made a couple of good movies, but that doesn't necessarily
0: mean that he's qualified for well, a Star Wars made, film. Well, he I mean, made I, you know, a good movie, and that was
2: Rick's good, dude. Like, what do you think? <laughs> Brick and Looper are great films. Like, he made some pretty decent films. I'm a Zod writer. I mean, like, but how do you qualify who is good enough to make Star Wars? Because then we'll have to, like, start getting, like, trying to get these top Oscar-bait assholes to try and make it, and I don't want to see that either. I'd, I'd actually rather kind of see them give it to goofy dipshits like Ryan Johnson and maybe have him fail a little bit because at the end of the day, we're actually getting somebody that's – trying to actually really give us something different. See, everybody cried and complained when Force Awakens comes out. It's too much like a new hope. It's too much like a new hope. So they were like, okay, fine. We'll give you something else. And they're like, oh, it's nothing like a new hope. It's nothing. It's like, Jesus Christ, people. Well, no, see, that wasn't the
0: issue that I had, though, with it. It wasn't because I I liked Force Awakens. I had no issues with the the vague connections to a new hope. Uh, Personally, I thought that was a good way to reintroduce all these years later to the Star Wars universe, a lot of fans. But that wasn't an issue that I had with this movie. The issues that I had was the shoving down of the political agendas down our throats. Uh, the, the, you know, and the video I saw the other day on YouTube, the, the occasions where they could have told us clearly in the opening crawl what's going on, but yet they contradict themselves over and over again. Uh, the field opportunities in giving us a good story arc with Luke. And a major thing that now that J.J. has to overcome is the death of Princess Leia, which or the death of, uh, of Carrie Fisher, which, ironically enough, she lived through the movie. They had six, seven months to fix that issue after she passed, and they didn't yeah. do that. So well, when we
2: when we did our reviews on this, I said that they should have changed the ending to where she rammed the ship into the other ship instead of Laura Derns, and you told me I was stupid for saying that because it would have made more sense to have Princess Leia die in this film than have her go on. You know, it, it was kind of if like she, when, if
0: Carrie Fisher had lived. Now here's the kicker: uh, Laura Dern should not have been on that ship, and that whole sequence actually kind of kind of it kind of destroys continuity with the Star Wars uh-oh. films. But you've been watching
2: Mauser's videos. Come on, man! Like don't no,
0: it, it's a it's a it's a fact in her character when you look at it. It really serves no purpose. I have seen a few videos, and I, I completely agree with some of the assessment. General Akbar uh, would have been a better choice. Would have given uh, at least a, a closure to that character uh, if, if you want to do that scene. But if they if you could just take any one of these ships and run it through a, a Ship of that magnitude and destroy that easily? Well, what's the purpose of Star Wars? You can just do that and take out the Empire easily. Well, that's it if really they had some the uh, rebellion
2: full of Harry Carry pirates, though, uh, pilots, though, man, it's not like they had. It's, not like it's they the, had the future. They have these kind pilots.
0: of ships. You don't need a pilot. That's another mistake in this movie. You can automate. You can automate the entire thing to ram right into it with nobody on board. This is a galaxy far, far away with technology that makes. Our technology looks like chump change. So you're telling me they don't have autopilot?
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point. Autopilot, you know, totally takes away the need for any self-sacrifice in that instance. I don't get it.
0: I mean, it's just lazy, stupid writing. Uh, Volvo Holder, whatever her name was, was brought in for, what, a few scenes to contradict a character like Poe Dameron? Who completely is a comedian in this movie? Uh, you know, once I saw it two or three times on DVD, and I only saw it, what, twice or three times in, in theaters. And I got in with the first time I go see a Star Wars movie, I'm usually taken over by the, the entire experience of being there. And, uh, perhaps I overlooked, and I'll admit that. Some of the, the glaring mistakes that were made. But once you sit there and you're in and you're the privacy in your own home and you watch it on Blu-ray, my goodness, there's so many different things that are just completely wrong with this movie. So Where you're you saying
1: f- like the, the 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 Star Wars goggles kind of wore off when you got a completely. chance
0: to watch it a few more times. Yeah, yeah, completely. I still love The Force Awakens.
1: Oh, hey, yeah, I, seen that a
0: I have no issues with that movie. I have minor nitpicks here and there, like every other fan. But I think J.J. introduced the movie, you know, in a sense that where you, if you are a good director, the next chapter could have been epic because he set up pretty damn good characters. I still love Kylo Ren as a character. I hated what they did with him in, in The Last Jedi. The whole... Skype force thing with, uh, with Ray was ridiculously stupid. Uh, and they did it over and over again. The way they beat you over the head with, like, the same crap over again in that movie. And the one thing that people did not complain about, which I, even when I was watching this in theaters, I cringed and I was like, why are they doing that in Star Wars? That makes no sense because we've never seen this before, is when, uh, Luke is training, um, Ray and she's having the Force visions, why do we need to see an animation of what she's witnessing in her mind? Like, she's seeing, oh, I see decay, so we have to go underground and see decaying bones. Why do we need to see that? That takes away from the actual acting and performance. Remember in the original trilogy, when Yoda is teaching Luke, and and he's training him, and he's asking him about, you know, how he's feeling and, how he's into, you know, how he's, uh, you know, the, how the force works and how it's uh, around him. The performance of a, a puppet didn't have any special animation showing anything around him. It was that performance that sold that moment. And there was a lot of that missing in this movie. It was like it was too quick to be modernized. And that is not Star Wars. I mean, that's... And you'd say, well, that's where they were trying to be radically different. Yeah, but it was... Too different. And, it, and it, it takes away from the narrative uh, filming aspect of the way these movies have always been shot. You know, Lucas, for whatever you hate or love, the way he shot the original movies, one great thing about it was it felt like you're watching real people in a galaxy far, far away having these real arguments, these real fights. Real performances. There's no cheap camera trick like that to sell you on a vision. The worst you had was when Luke goes into the cave and he has a vision of himself in the Vader suit. That's about it, right? But that's a forced vision. That's one forced vision. They repeatedly would do that in The Last Jedi, which really turned me off on repeat viewing. Uh, Alfie, do you have any comments on that?
2: Um, Well, about my... um how I feel about the Star Wars um, nine and where it's going to go in the future, uh, man, I don't really have too many gripes about the universe so far. I mean, I, the the Last Jedi, I don't hate it. I have some nitpicks with it, but all in all, I, I don't think it's a bad film whatsoever. Solo, uh, it's just well, nitpick, no, I was but... actually
0: asking more of like the gripes that I just laid out there, like the uh, special animation to show you the 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 well, way she's feeling the force. As to compare the original trilogy with the music, the performance of the puppet, Luke's performance, all that actually sold the scenery of him training over like, what do you feel, Ray? I see decay. And then you see like, uh, a clear CGI of bones underground. And the whole sequence of the thing goes underground. That was to be really stupid. Well, I Just, I, th-
2: I think that he was taking both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, because the prequel trilogy had all that CGI overly done. Um, not that, like, that, and, not yeah, like that though. Not like that though. Never,
0: when, never. When, the when closest Anakin, thing to pre no, the closest thing the prequels was when Anakin's having a dream, which is a forced dream, and when Padme's giving birth to the twins. That's the only two times. Name another time.
2: Man, I, dude, I haven't watched those movies in like 15 years because They're that I, awful I, I, I know,
0: trust me Those are the only two sequences Even when Anakin is feeling for his mother In Attack of the Clones Anakin
2: uh, feels things in Attack of the Clones? How can you tell? I mean, well, Henry, he, well, he has
0: he actually hate his performance when you, had, when you go back and watch <laughs> it uh, He actually does give a pretty neat, a pretty good performance When you consider the, the simple fact that Look uh, in Attack of the Clones, he's supposed to be, what, 18, 19, 20? He's a young guy. Uh, under training for years, he went through, uh you know, Obi-Wan's training uh, for at least 10 years. He went through missions, and he's picking up where the other one left off 10 years later. So this is a character of the attorney in mid-action. So and that makes
2: him boring and lifeless? That, 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 that's where you're going? I, um, didn't, but, I didn't
0: find him boring or, or lifeless. That's That might be your assessment. Dude, he at, makes, he makes Henry Cavill
2: look like an Oscar-winning actor, man. That's all I'm saying.
0: Oh, that's blasphemy. Henry Cavill barely had any lines. He didn't actually spoke. Badly. I mean, at least Henry Cavill... But he spoke. Smart, but he actually had, he had dialogue. <laughs> and, he was, uh, and he was as whiny as Luke was. Uh, you know, and, and he was just as pushy in some areas as Luke was. He, for all intents and purposes, was Luke set 30 years before in the galaxy far, far away. Because again, different times, people d- speak differently. Go back 40 years ago and, and go back on a time machine. forty, fifty years ago, I guarantee you, nobody's using the same language you're using now. Hell, yeah, no, go like back 25 so years ago, you're gonna hear people saying stuff like they
2: do, they do jive
0: and, Cold turkey, and you're here, and, and that's just in California, guys, neck of the woods. Shout outs to him. But I mean, you're going to hear a different kind of language that you hear today language, the way people speak, you know, the way technology looks, the world around you is constantly changing.
2: So you're telling me so, you that, like, um, Samuel L. Jackson, Liam Neeson, um, and McGregor, all giving actual performances in a film. Somehow um, negates the fact that this kid couldn't act his way out of a paper bag because supposedly they talked different twenty years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. lost your brother. Honestly, yeah, because like it was a different McGregor, time. It was Samuel a more Jackson,
0: regal time like, in the galaxy. Yeah, everybody else in that
2: yes. played okay.
0: They all sounded pretty much the same. They all talked the same kind of regal way. If you say so, mate. That's all I got to say. Huh? Even you and McGregor, when he's playing Obi Wan, he's like, and throws with the blaster in the movie. He's like so uncivilized. He's talking the way they all talk on that era. That's just the way they spoke. Now, if you want it to be a carbon copy, well, that's fine. But in the entire trilogy, the prequel twil- trilogy, Lucas managed to at least give you a linear filming. Of the movie, what are little silly, silly cutaways to some stupid CGI bones to show you an emotion? Hey, if Anakin felt that sand was rough and coarse, he's going to tell you that's his performance, like it or not. There's no uh, cutaway to it, and sand falling off what, his what, hand. What on, would you on want on the to beach. see
2: a cutaway CGI of sand like rubbing his balls? You no, know, that's the like, exact that's a good point. Thing they didn't try to show us that. Uh,
0: that's the exact point. They let the performers stand on his ground, whether you like it or not. It's, you see him perform the dialogue. And that was a cheap animation trick in The Last Jedi, which I did not like. Um, I, I completely disagree with that kind of directing. Even J.J. didn't do that in this movie. And by God, let's not talk about what they did to Finn.
2: Oh, yeah, no, that's one of my big gripes. I mean, like, he needs, dude, he needed to have character development to make him a little tougher, and all they did is make him into some kind of juggling clown. It's like, why did you do that? Like, he could, like, if you want to build him into being, like, either, like, a Han or what, Chewie or anything, like, you need to give him actually, like, a tough guy thing to do, and him fighting the big stormtrooper chick like he didn't actually fight her she followed the fire kills her it's like dude like you didn't even let him do anything cool so yeah i'm with you on the fin thing the the cgi thing i'll watch it again it, i don't remember it hurting my feelings but it, it, if you say so um yeah it's, it's betrayal of star wars um i said two years ago when we talked about rogue one that that's the last one they ever make i would be okay with that like that's my end-all, be-all. None of these other films so far have even touched the greatness of that one, and I don't think this next one will either, so um, with J.J., whoever, you know, it's just going to be another... They're going to be trying to play pick-up pieces, because everybody was so mad about the last one, and it's probably going to end up a worse mess than Last Jedi was, because they're going to... Last Jedi was trying to fix what people were bitching about Force Awakens. Now this one's going to be trying to fucking put back Force Awakens and fix Last Jedi stuff, and man, we're going to have a Zack Snyder trilogy of Star Wars films,
0: basically, man. <laughs> well, so so far, that hasn't happened. He hasn't been removed, and Joss Whedon has uh, not gotten his little paws on Star Wars, so uh, th- there's no mustache gate either, to uh, stop uh, production. Awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah, like for some reason like um Adam Driver <laughs> has a mustache in part 3 and they can't cut it off so they just CGI his lip cuz that guy already looks weird enough well, already just imagine well, what there's he's a done. there's a new there's a new uh
1: there's a new little uh tidbit going around about Henry Cavill's mustache apparently the the reshoots that they were supposed to have in addition Henry Cavill was supposed to have the mustache because Zack Snyder's Superman had the beard and the mustache, just like he he does in the comics when he comes back from the dead. But that's not the direction that uh, Whedon went in when he did his reshoot. So that's why you have that's why you have mustache Mustache Gate in the first place. I think,
2: but, but I wonder, uh, that. You should have cut it off and like glued it onto like a piece of tissue and sold it on eBay for like a million dollars. I bet you like one of your buddies online, Zsa Z- Zod- Rider, would be like, "I got Henry Cavill's
0: mustache." <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, now the one to Adam right. I kind of, I kind of hope they give him like a porn mustache know, like a really hardcore 1970s. Yeah, uh, power mustache. mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with like, the dumbbells, and I like, just make him look all goofy, you know, like just.
2: Yeah, I mean, he already Why looks not? like what you'd get if Keanu Reeves had sex with Gizmo. So, right. I mean...
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, the, that was to me the, the biggest letdown of the last Jedi. We're going to move on to some news here that I'm sure uh, John the Alpha has been preparing for us. Uh, but um, you know, one of the biggest letdowns for me for the uh, the last Jedi was the Adam Driver Ray connection. So I think, J.J., you know, as long as you can fix that, I'm not worried about Snoke. Everybody's like, oh, but they killed Snoke off, and we don't learn anything about him.
1: Who cares? Who cares? Snoke off.
0: (laughs) Who cares if they killed Snoke Snoke off? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) first of all, (laughs) if you look at the original trilogy, we didn't know much about the Emperor, and I said that before, you know, and, and, and Empire Strikes Back. And he died in Return to the Jedi. We still don't know much of his backstory. We didn't get his backstory until the prequels. And as we know, Walt Disney and Disney World and Lucasfilms, they're going to go ahead and milk this thing. If this is a huge hit. They're going to give you another prequel movie somewhere down the line where maybe Snoke is more involved and you see where he came from. And you're going to have that you know, storyline in, in the future to be be told, so you don't have to have everything crammed into one movie. And I think that's something that fans kind of fail to see when they see the overall picture. Remember, you have three movies, they're two hours and thirty minutes more or less, and uh, you know they have a lot of story to tell in a crammed time, which is something that worries me when they start adding all these extra characters and actors. And the roast Ticos of the world, which mean nothing to the overall story form of what they're trying to do here. Uh, you know, when you start adding like these secondary and third characters, which have nothing, nothing to do with the original story arc, to me that's a wasted minute of film or, or of you know of screen time, which they can develop characters for Ray, Kylo, Luke. So, it's a lot of missed opportunities in the last movie. I hope JJ can overcome that. But again, the cast has grown. It's bigger than it was before. I what Carrie Russell, uh, joined the cast for this movie. Um, so, <laughs> it, it, I don't know who she's gonna play, but there is a rumor there is a, you know, a uh, character in the movie called Mara. And as we know from Dixon the extended universe and, uh, we uh, we uh, fanatics know there is a Mara in the Extended Universe, and she was Luke's wife. Yep. If that's going to happen here, I don't know. Not sure. Uh, there are ways of fixing this trilogy, which I hope JJ has been looking on the Internet and looking at some of the fans' feedback. and I, I'm optimistic that at least he's going to get some of this right. It's still Star Wars. I still want to see it. Regardless, and, uh, hopefully you can knock it out of the park. Now moving on, uh, we too have some news, isn't that right, my good friend Johnny Adler.
2: Well, it's, it's January, so it's kinda slim pickings, like I told you before the show, but HBO teases us a first footage look at Watchmen. We got a picture of what the new Rorschach looks like. Have you guys seen that?
1: That's not Rorschach.
2: Yeah, that's what I said, but that's what... Dude, you were just telling me before this this show that you were so excited about the HBO Watchmen. Yeah, I was
1: excited b- about it, but that's not Rorschach. These are supposed to be... These are going to be new characters. It's going to be a different thing.
2: Well, it says, it says on the Collider article I'm looking at, it's a, it's a first image of Rorschach. Well, well why are they going to do the Watchmen about different characters? That makes no... Why do they even bother doing it? Why do they just, like...
1: Because it takes place after the story that we got from Ellen Moore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm going to have to go crazy like Jackal on Star Wars here, man. Like, Mm -hmm. why? Why? Like, dude, this is like Kylo Ren with his fucking shirt off, man. Like, I. Never mind. I'm going to find something else to talk about.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's. Yeah, that's an image. I want to delete it from the mind immediately. Calderon was out his shirt on. Um, uh, it's yeah. all
2: over the internet. Like, ever since that movie came out, I see it at least once a day on Twitter, man.
0: Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's disturbing every time. It really is. Now, I haven't seen the image. Uh, can you show it to me? Or you send me the. Uh, um, yeah, here. i got to look for it on this computer. I was looking it up on my other computer. Give me just a minute. Well, Sorry. do that, yeah, because we don't have a minute of dead air. Just, uh, What's the next day on the uh, roundtable?
2: Well, um, they're eyeing a November star for the Batman, and they're still not saying who it is. Like, Dude, there's, like, really no news going out this week. Um, I've been, like, all over Screen Rant and Collider, and it's all just, like, rumors and fan art for Aquaman and um, Spider-Verse, man. There's literally... Nothing, like, interesting. Practice. Oh, and,
1: and, the, and the Snyder Cut, the rumors about the... Uh, the about graphic
0: novel? The graphic novel. <laughs> That's yeah, as that close makes... as you're going to get to the Snyder Cut right there.
2: <laughs> oh, it's just going to make it worse, man. Like, dude, DC yeah. has the worst track record for um, movie to um, comic adaptations. I mean, ever since the Burton days, so I am not looking forward to... If they make it and like the whole, give them a crappy graphic novel, that'll shut them up. It's like
1: you really don't understand. No, you don't want you don't want to do that. That's not a good idea. (laughs) I've talked because it's it's not going to get it's not going to get people. It's not going to get anybody uh, to stop uh, going after the Snyder Cut especially because they know that Snyder filmed all that, filmed, filmed the Correction, whole
0: movie. Correction, it's time to kind of get yeah, you to stop to going after this Snyder Cut, because my goodness, you've uh, developed quite the following on Twitter over well, the thank... Snyder Cut. Thank you.
1: Man, so many of them are
2: the fucking... Biggest bunch of mouth breathers I've ever seen in my life, too, man. I feel kind of bad for you having to be seen in public with some of them fucking guys. But I posted it there. It's in with the pictures of Game of Thrones. So scroll down past those, and you can see what um Rorschach or new Rorschach. Because I guess they're stealing shit from Jeff Johns, his amazing Doomsday schlock, the worst comic book of
0: 2018. Let's take a look at that. Now, what do you guys think of uh, the new Captain Marvel? Uh, promo and trailers. We, uh, oh, I'm so psyched
2: that. for it. I'm so psyched for it, dude. Like, I I didn't know what to expect. I saw the first picture of her with the Cree and stuff. I mean, with the scrolls. But um, the first trailer I was really amped, and this this new one I'm like super psyched. I'm really happy that they're going to be doing cosmic stuff, more cosmic stuff, I guess. But kind of earth terrestrial. And, um, I don't know, it's kind of neat to see, like, Marvel do a somewhat Superman-esque type movie, and it's got a great cast. I'm, I'm more than excited for it. Not, 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 might not be Ant-Man good, but it's definitely going to be something I look out for. What do you think, Todd? Uh, I
1: bet you hate it. <laughs> I, I, I don't hate it, I just don't care. It doesn't matter. Okay. Why, she
0: doesn't have a mustache?
1: <laughs> exactly. Put her in the black costume. She's in the black costume. costume. She doesn't have the black suit. And it's not
0: a Snyder, Snyder cut. Nope. We need Captain America, Captain Marvel, Thor, we need Snyder cuts of every Marvel movie. Yeah. That's what we need. Dude, they need to get Zack
2: Snyder to do a Marvel film. Like I'd actually be interested to see that. Like if they get him to do um let me think of something that's really fucking boring and slow that he could do really- oh the inhumans they could like have him do a reboot of the inhumans there
0: you go that would be perfect for him yeah that would be uh, i'm looking for to tomorrow Captain Marvel. i think it looks good i think that looks uh good uh shazam looks good this is gonna be good year for comic book movies in general from both sides uh i i really love that trailer for shazam by the way oh the new one yeah yeah, I, oh my god. Yeah, we're actually is, we're
1: actually getting a new one uh in a couple of weeks. We're getting a new Shazam trailer.
2: I can't wait to see it, man, and especially yeah. after after the huge um impact that um Aquaman had, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a big hit right out of the gate too, which is good because it just looks like it's going to be such a just a great movie, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. all ages, just, just fun, you know, no dramatic martha Bolton. oh yeah because
1: that's what i because that's what our superhero movies are supposed to be right they're all supposed to be fun and yeah, mr johnny alpha who reads uh all the indie comics and stuff that you read and all the dark stuff that you like but every comic book movie is supposed to be fun right okay
2: well well if that's they're about cool. if they're about people like superman then yeah dude I, I haven't read much of him, but I've never seen a Superman that runs around, flies around, being petulant, petty, and a crybaby like Henry Cavill. He's usually a very happy, go lucky guy. That well, is I guess you boys. haven't read.
1: Yeah, I, read, I guess you haven't read Kingdom Come, or you haven't read. Um... Yeah, oh, you talking about several, else, wor- several, else, else. World. Uh, Not only that, man. But you know, never mind. I, I'm not going to get into this uh, ahead, conversation. With you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just, you guys cherry pick too much. So I'm not saying. Well, oh, say-
2: no, no. I, I'm, I'm going off of. I, you know me. I don't even care very much for Superman. I've read. Very little of his work. I'm way more into Batman because, yeah, I do like the dark stuff, and I don't mind Batman being
1: pitch dark. But I don't think the Flash with well, a character. Newsboy, could- Newsboy, how come you didn't post anything about the new about the upcoming Spawn movie about what Todd McFarlane said about Spawn?
2: Because Todd McFarlane's been talking out of out of his ass about a Spawn movie since 2000. It's never going to come out. That's He's a- been.
1: Think,
0: but there's been well, there's some a release release on on episode. this thing. So this movement, uh, yeah. Jamie
1: Fox is, is playing spot. Oh that's horrible.
2: Is is that confirmed? Yeah. Oh my God. That is horrible. horrible. And to, to tell you the truth, I hate Todd McFarlane. I do gonna like be God. Dark and
1: joyless. It's gonna be dark and joyless. Well so, no, from so what I go.
2: understand it's basically gonna be like a, a slasher movie, but it's like it's gonna be about bank robbers or something trying to hide in an apartment complex and they slowly get picked off one by one by a character that you're supposed to think is Spawn but you never actually see him in the film because Todd McFarlane's trying to make the whole film for like a million dollars it it sounds like a fucking sci-fi channel movie so from what his pitch and um, the fact that I have never cared for Todd McFarlane his art's okay he can't write his way out of a paper bag and um, he's basically just Rob Liefeld with slightly more talent he can draw feet that's all he's got going for him
0: I so, enjoyed um, the original spot movie. How do you go from Michael J. White to Jamie Fox? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how that. I don't know how uh,
1: that casting is. Uh, how that casting is something that is.
2: I is guess John White Boyega said this? no, so they had to get. Jamie.
0: <laughs> I guess I, I don't Michael know. Michael
2: B. Jordan and John Boyega said no, so they had Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> Jaden Smith I mean,
0: <laughs> Those are the two leading African-American actors right now, or, you know, black actors right now getting all the movies. Uh, Creed 2 was a huge hit for uh, for uh, Michael B. Jordan. So. It was a
1: wonderful movie, too, man, by the
0: yeah. way. Um, how do you guys feel about Ruby Rose as Batwoman? And oh, uh, right. the, uh, the pilot, officially getting a pilot, by the way.
1: Oh, my God, I hate these CW shows,
0: man. Oh, my God.
2: I well, kind of the same way until Black until Black Lightning. I love that show. Plus,
1: yeah, Black Lightning. But see, I kind of consider Black Lightning its own thing, Johnny. That's the only reason why it's any good. I mean, yeah, it's a it
2: doesn't it's really, own thing. Yeah, it doesn't tie in with Arrow or anything. But like Black Lightning is so good. So I'm kind of hoping if they do that with Batgirl, especially with Ruby Rose. I I know, I know, she doesn't play I, for my team. You know what? But she is up, so sexy. Uh,
1: so They're going to screw up Black Lightning too because when they do that uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, you can bet they're going to pull Black Lightning into it somehow.
2: Well, I hope they don't ruin, like, all of us. Because, I, I, dude, I, that show's so different because I like I like the family chemistry. Like, his ex-wife is actually a really good character. Both of his daughters are likable, relatable characters, and they actually talk to each other like how sisters do. Um, it, it, it's, it's way different. It's way better than even any of the Marvel shows I've seen on television. So, I mean, like, they have such a hit, so if they really, really ruin it just to...
0: Uh, I don't know man Daredevil I think is a better show than Black Lightning No no no,
2: no. I, That's That's not TV that's, that's streaming Netflix I don't count those as their TV show I was talking about stuff like Gifted um,
0: uh, Agent, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D Agent um, no. <laughs>
2: like
0: that. Yeah, well Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D uh, has gotten the um, least decent yeah, the last no few years
2: Not as good as Black Lightning
0: Well Subject to interpretation. I personally don't like uh, really any of the DC TV stuff. You know, I, I have uh, still a thing for Flash. I think there's certain episodes that have been good. But even this last season wasn't that great. The last two Flash seasons have been kind of to- let down. Yeah, it's get getting hard harder. To watch. Yeah. yeah, it's getting harder and harder to stick by that show. Um, you know, I like the cast. I think they're fine, in 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 the show, the writings was getting really lazy and bad. Um Supergirl lost me after the first season. I, I pilot just don't episode like, for me. Yeah, that was. After that, I was like, I'm done with Supergirl. Um, the Superman on the show, eh.
1: He's better well, than Cavill. I'll give him that. No, he's not. He's not better than Cavill. He actually mm. has emotions. He, has, he can, he has, he can no, portray. No, he doesn't. De- he looks. He looks. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you what he reminds me of. I that Superman that they got on the CW is no better than the Superman in that indie that independent Superman film that that I helped work work on. It feels like he's playing cosplay okay, well, Superman. Oh, world. World. It doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah. I feel, I, I, I'll say this much. It doesn't feel like it's really Superman. It feels like it's a dude playing cosplay. First of all, yeah. he doesn't, he Check doesn't, he costumes. doesn't, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, like, have the physique to be Superman. And Superman, for all intents and purposes, he's supposed to be a, a pretty big jacked dude. Uh, that's always the way he's been drawn. Which is one of the things I don't like about Cavill. He was too short, didn't quite, have the build, you know? They had to pad the suit, which, yes, folks.
2: Expression.
0: Well, that besides that, yeah, there's also that. But no, he had no. Uh, I mean, he had muscle, but it was like not as defined as Superman should have, and he wasn't as bulky and big or tall. Or he just wasn't Superman. This guy is even worse.
2: Yeah, he, they should have just given him a nice padded suit like like Shazam. At least at least give him fake muscles on there, man.
0: <laughs> at least they're trying the Shazam. Jeez, they're not even trying with this guy.
1: But um, and and they keep and they keep not only that they keep making Superman look like a dick in these shows. Like 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 how many times is Superman gonna talk about how much he's not needed on Earth? That's what I'm getting sick and tired of. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> As long as Earth has you, Supergirl, it doesn't need me. Oh, I can leave. I can go away. Like, well, Superman like what? didn't act like a
2: dick in BVS. Or are you seriously trying to sell me that? Like, oh, dude. dude. No, dude,
0: he acted like he a he dick, but it's a different kind of dick. Uh, I completely agree with Zod. This is like the dick who likes dick acting like a moron. Uh, you know, Batman vs. Superman was uh, a normal dick who was just an idiot. It was super dud, more than anything else this guy is like he's completely like uh a social justice warrior type of dick like he's a pansy oh the earth has got you that doesn't need oh, me well then he's like he's
2: like, a cuck not a dick you guys need to learn your terminology that's he's true a
0: cuck. It, it, whatever. It, I mean, it's just—it's not Superman. He, he you know, he, he's smiling a little bit too much. There's like a crisis going on. He has a smile for maybe years. Like, dude, relax. There's certain times to be smiley Superman. There's certain times to be serious. He has no concept of that. Uh That's one ma- major mistake. Uh, I really hated the crossover where they actually go to Smallville and they play the theme from from the show. That's a huge tease. Why are you gonna do that to the to Smallville fans? Oh, it's an Easter egg. Well, it's a rotten Easter egg. And, I and didn't, didn't see even that. show
1: up in it or nothing.
0: No, they no. They
1: have Did they even
2: get like it. Sam to be in there? Because I know that they can't nothing. get nothing. Co- they they probably could have got Chloe if she wasn't in jail for being a pimp or whatever she is. It's too bad. Like, they, they just played the song, but they didn't actually have anybody from Smallville in the episode.
0: Yeah, and the they whole... Had the whole uh,
1: uh, they had the truck from Smallville. They had... Yeah, and
0: into, <laughs> they, had, they CGI'd the actors into... They cgi the actors into, like, uh, a scene in front of, like, the old barn. I think mean, that's what they did. Cause they do not want to rebuild the entire set of Smallville just to show one scene or scenery. So I think they just took a scene cut and CGI'd Clark and and that version of Lois, which by the way I actually did like that version of Lois, believe it or not, because she reminded me of Margot Kidder a little bit, and um, she even looked like her slightly a little bit. She looked like a cross between Margot Kidder and Terry Hatcher. My, and Smallville that Smallville was my me a little favorite
2: bit. Lois. She kicked everything before asking questions, man. She was, I loved the Smallville Lois. That's why I, I my biggest problem with um, uh, Man of Steel was, like, the Lois was just so weak after you guys started oh, yeah. watching Smallville yeah. and I, like, binged the whole thing. And I went and saw this and I saw, like, Lois being all pathetic again. I'm like, dudes, what about, oh, that sucks. You know, like, there's a
0: little, <laughs>
2: progress right there.
0: Well, if it's uh, any, cons- any consultation to make you feel happy or you know, tingly all over. Um, Watch your facial played Lois in the uh, three Snyder movies? Has said that uh, she's not coming back as Lois, so she's done. Um,
2: the ch- what's her name? Amy something. She got the letter open for yeah. her nose. Yeah. Amy. Chick, yeah. Good. Bye bye.
0: Amy Adams.
2: Amy Adams. There you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Guys, we're gonna go on a quick commercial break when we come back. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about our, uh, you know, uh, more news, and I'm going to give my best and worst list of 2018, what I loved, what I didn't like, uh, and uh, you guys are going to do your little random list, and we're going to go over the top 10 box office results for the week, when uh, we return also from the commercial break, Skype open, as always, if you guys want to join us, you can look us up by looking up PSN Radio or Super Media Network or call in 245 8127, area code 786. Again, that's 786 245 8127. Again, open lines if you can get through. We'd love to hear from you. This is the Roundtable Show live on PSN Radio for 2019, the very first episode in January, too. We, we, we got one in early. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm shocked. We'll be right back. And we're back live on the Roundtable show right here, live on psn-radio.com. And did I say that we're live? That's right, we're live. If you guys want to join in, Skype is available. You can do it by uh, looking up Skype, PSN Radio, or calling in uh, at 786-245-8127 as usual with me on the Roundtable, which is one of the pyramid today. Is odd uh, Rider and Johnny Alpha. We we are missing our good friend, uh, Mister Jason Justice is not with us this week. I wonder if he's out remotely battling, uh, battling crocodiles. Or uh, and a new kids some... on the block concert. That is possible. He is a big Jordan Knight fan. Shout out to Jordan Knight. Uh, he's a big fan of uh, of uh, the new kids, as we all know. And uh, I, I do believe he's uh, also is a ninety eight degree. Fan.
2: one direction he was telling me one time how much he liked that song last um best song ever he was like telling me he danced all night to it so
0: dance all night oh wow dance sucker remember that song dance sucker no no the other one remembers that really dance all night guess what remember that from the 90s i remember the song from monster squad the
2: party till you drop Dance
0: until your feet fall off of I mean Well, yeah, oh, but thats it's not the 80s. <laughs> look, I'm talking about the 90s, man. go with the program. Dance all night. Dance, sucker. No. See, look, look how much music has changed over the years. I just want to give an example of change through the decades. The 80s music was, you know, it was pop, it was happy, it was dancey. Then the 80s, we got all into like this gangster rap era, right? Now, then, you know, the guys the 2000s were become a little more techno-driven, but still hip-hop was kind of like, the, you know, the the, the hot thing. Now, it's, you got got rappers with rainbow hair.
2: Hey, Captain Skittles is locked up, though. Like, I'm pretty sure the rainbow hair is going to Thank go goodness right for that.
0: Yeah, and I think he's going away for, like, for life, which it's a blessing in disguise. Cause
2: 25 to life, from what I understand, is what he's looking at, yeah.
0: I don't condone putting people in prison all the time, but... That that guy deserves it just for the way he's destroyed the entire genre of hip hop with his mumble crap. <laughs> you well, know. I mean, he, he's he, dude,
2: he's a he's a smaller offender. Like the one I don't understand is how people like Drake so much. I mean, like every song I've ever heard, he doesn't. He's he is like the Hayden Christensen Henry Cavill of rap. He's just stuff from the bottom now we're here. Started from It's like, dude, you have no emotion in your song. If, like, I started from the bottom and now I was there, I'd be like, yeah, man, I started, I'd be like Little John, I'd be <laughs> yelling that shit. I started from the bottom, now I'm here, yeah, and shit, you know, like, I wouldn't be in like. In his
0: defense, so at least you could understand what he's saying. He's not mumbling along like uh, Rainbow Bright.
2: Yeah, I only listened to, like, one of his songs and, like, actually, that guy yells, but I still have no idea what he's saying. Like, it was a song called Gummo, and he's just like, I'm like, what the? I had no idea what that guy said And I listened to death metal I listened to black metal I listened to punk rock I'm used to not understanding what people say (laughs) But I can usually understand a little bit I could not get a damn word out of that Gummo song Dude, you could put the hardest
0: death metal song And I will at least cherry pick words And I would understand what more or less is going on But I listened to at least three of this dude's songs And uh, that's all I've heard three songs was, And I know that's enough for me to know that 1A, I, uh, I cannot understand a word he says. Uh, B, he's not a real rapper. He's not rapping. Whatever he's doing, it's not rap. Uh, 3C, or whatever you want to uh, label this. Uh, rainbows do not belong in, in rap music. Yeah,
2: so,
0: straight, uh, well, the, I- yeah.
2: Well, I mean, there's the whole um, homo rap side, but, I'm like, that's fine over there. But, like, if you're trying to be a gangster and you look like a bag of Skittles threw up on you, like, I'm not going to be afraid of you. I'm sorry. I've been I, – I, I grew up in, like, a real gang neighborhood. I, I know what scary-ass people look like in face tattoos and Skittle hair. It, it ain't scary. You know, you got to have, like, a little more to it if you're going to try to convince me you're a gangster. I believe Drake was a gangster over um, six nine.
0: Uh Dre's like Suge Knight computer to Takashi Six Nine. I mean he made Suge Knight look like uh, Pee Wee Herman compared to Takashi Six Nine. <laughs> but moving on and segueing from one gangster of a move to another. Uh we've been having this shove down our throats for far too long. Bad Doctor Who, and I'm sick and tired of it. As a Hoovian this is the worst season of Doctor Who since the relaunch in uh, 2005. Uh, this is just ah, god-awful. Worst season,
1: worst season since ever. before that. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'd rather
0: watch one of the original ones in black and white than watch this horrible piece of garbage. This is nothing but pandering to the social justice warriors of the world. Uh, The Antifa fanatics, Uh, this is not Doctor Who as you and I know it, it has something to do with the the fact that Doctor is a woman, it's the writing, the way the episodes are pacing, the storylines, everything in this season has been horrible, worse than the Capaldi era, and I like Peter Capaldi, I think he's a hell of a good actor, but his three seasons were garbage, and this has been worse! Amazing! They managed to make Doctor Who worse than he's been for three seasons with Cabaldi. I didn't think that was possible. The new showrunner should be, yeah, taken out back and completely removed and stripped for any, uh, showrunning abilities for Doctor Who. And uh, now I know the next season, which is like two years away. So, by the way, not only is this season horrible, after we waited two years to see this garbage, now we gotta two more years. To see six episodes before they regenerate again, cause that's the rumor that, uh, Jodie Whittaker didn't want to stick around. I, I don't blame her, cause horrible. Uh, and I'm pretty sure she's seeing the writing on the wall with the ratings going down. And she wants no party. She, I mean, this is the type of thing that can destroy a career. And, uh, she, she might never, like, see the effects of this go away. If she would have continued on uh, uh, down this uh, show's path, uh, I think they need to not only remove her, remove the uh, the show writer or creator of this series, season showrunner, uh, the entire cast around her. It's just it's a terribly put together show, and it's a shame because A. David Tennant was brilliant, Christopher Eccleston was brilliant. Matt Smith was brilliant. The, you know, the the original three takes on the Doctor once we re, uh, relaunched the series were great. Um, before that, every single Doctor that we've had before that, even Paul McGann, you could look at and and even the War Doctor, which was an in-between Doctor. Every Doctor we've had before that, we could, you know, say this is great about him. They might have had a flaw here or there, but it was always the Doctor. This does not feel like this. this. feels like an extension of the bad cut of The Last Jedi. Like the, the Rose Tico and, 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 uh, and Finn, you know, sequence. It feels like, like that kind of filming, where it's all CG, you know, all social justice warrior. Uh, badly CGI'd, looks like something out of the sci-fi channel, a lot it of the makes no than, sense. It looks worse
1: than the Sarah Jane adventures. Remember how low-budgeted that was? And that was better than this.
0: <laughs> For real. I mean, that was practically Doctor Who with a female Doctor. Sarah Jane was like, the Doctor on that series. And I loved that series. I thought it worked. Yep. It was a good series. I have no issues with a female lead as long as it's good, rightly. I'm not one of these geeks and gamers who so every time there's a woman, uh, present on, on, as a lead, I have an issue with it. No. This is just lazy, bad storytelling from a terribly bad put together production led by, uh, what's his name? Chris, uh, Chibno? what Whatever his name is? Is that his name? You not know. No, uh, yeah, Chib.
1: Yeah, chip Chibna.
0: Chris Chibnall. We call yeah. him Chibs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Chibs.
0: Uh, I mean, horrible, horrible show running. Moffat was no better. Uh, See, you know, now, well, I, this guy,
1: well, this guy, this guy really does make Moffat look like Shakespeare. I've said that before. This guy is making Moffat stuff look amazing, all of it.
0: <laughs> which I didn't think that was possible. I don't think it could get worse than the Capaldi era. Now, going forward, though, I mean, we're two years away from. Whatever garbage they're gonna throw at us next for the next season. Zai, I know you're, you're, you were at least as big of a Doctor Who fan as I, I was before this season. And, uh, you're just as upset as I was. I've been saying this for a long time. This is gonna fail, it's gonna fail, it's gonna fail. Yeah, you
1: have to be fair. You've been saying it since, you know, since way before they even, they even did this announcement. So, well, before she even came on the scene. So, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't like you. I didn't absolutely yeah. hate Peter Capaldi's era. I actually liked Peter Capaldi's era because, for me, Peter Capaldi had a genuine had a genuine Doctor feel, regardless of what the writing was. I mean, at least with Peter Capaldi, you could tell that was the Doctor, regardless of how shitty the plot lines might have been or whatever. But for but with this show, I mean, it's unrecognizable now. And why does she have such an yeah. entourage full of people? Why does every episode have her with like five or six companions? It makes no sense. Like,
0: really? Because she's a horrible actress in this role. Her? I mean, have you seen all the goofy expressions that she's made? I mean, she makes she Matt constipated Smith look. In every, she looks dude. constipated
1: in every scene. She I makes. I like
0: than. She's just like
1: Henry Cavill.
0: No, she's worse. No, 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 no. Henry Cavill is giving you no performance. She's overdoing it. Like, she makes. Matt Smith looked mild and Matt Smith was all over the place as the doctor. But she's like so overly goofy it's stupid. Oh, and like, yeah. it makes no sense. Um, you know, she talks so fast it looks like she's, like she's nervous. Where well, at least Matt Smith he was goofy when he had to be, but when he got serious, he was like an old man trapped in a young man's body. And when he they like, turned on that charm as a doctor my goodness, you're like that's the doctor. The first episode of Matt Smith that I saw the pilot episode with him, I was sold immediately immediately. And I was worried because at the time he was the youngest doctor ever. You know, there, there was no one as young as he as he was when he took over the role. So I was worried about that. But he not only sold me and grew on me, it was instant. With this uh you know, current incarnation, I went through the entire season and it's gotten worse every episode.
1: Not only yeah, the- yeah, the show about you know the show dedicated to deadbeat fathers and all kinds of other shit. Like they, like they completely, they completely missed the mark on anything that is Doctor Who. It didn't feel like Doctor Who at all. Like you said, at it all. felt like public service announcement, social justice warrior type yep. stuff. Nothing. You know, we were we were getting political announcements you know, shoved down our throats. And I, I just, that's not what we look for when we watch Doctor Who.
2: Maybe they were looking for Marvel to pick them up and run their comics for them.
0: <laughs> Could be. At it this point, anything's and possible. Yeah.
1: Oh, it felt horrible. I, I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I kind of feel like even the, the girl that plays the Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, the woman who plays the Doctor, it's like yeah. every time she opens her mouth, in an interview, she just makes it sound worse, like she is not helping the situation at all with her with her statements about, you know, she's, she's always like kind of, you know, sniping at classic doctors and stuff, and she's just, she's not good in the role. And I don't know if it's because she can't act or if it's because of the writing, but I think it's a little of both.
0: I think it's a little bit of both, but she was good on. Uh, what was it Broadchurch?
1: Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Odd, yeah. Oddly enough, with David yeah. Tennant of all people. Uh, and she was good in Attack yeah. the Block too.
2: She's been good yeah. in, uh, in like all the films I've she seen. She was in another ago.
1: movie that I saw her in. I can't remember what it was called, but she was pretty good in that. And it was, and it was actually a movie where she played like a kind of zany doctorish kind of character that you could kind of see, but. But this, I think the writing here doesn't allow her to play that type of character. She the
0: could. Other
2: directors, directors are making her be overly silly. Because what you got to remember is actors, they're just doing what's written and what they're told by the guy. Ah
0: uh-huh. So why don't you forgive Hayden Christensen? He was just doing what he was told.
2: Well, because gotcha. he's a bad actor and nobody. No, no, I, eh,
0: he was good in Life as a House. That's a, that's a total <laughs> bullshit oh, yeah, argument.
1: That's the case. How can we blame that that guy who plays Solo, that that Ack whatever his name is? We can't. Blame I don't blame either.
0: him. I, I blame I, I blame I the casting. I blame the Lucas Films. He was miscast. He, he does not look or sound like how Solo. He should have never been casted to begin with. But he's an actor playing a role. And he, he got handed the role. I mean, what would yeah. you do? If somebody That's comes to you I- and says, it says, hey, uh, Zod Rider, we want you to be the next Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones. And, here's and it's going to be a direct prequel. By the way, it's going to be a direct prequel. I know you look nothing like Harrison Ford. You're bald. He has hair. But we'll put a wig on you. You look just like <laughs> him. <laughs> you look
1: just like
0: him. <laughs> we'll give you yeah, a fedora right. hat and the, the jacket. You look just, it'll be a knockout.
1: I mean, you're an out.
0: actor, you're you going like, you, to be like, you're going to be like, shit, i get to be Indiana Jones, oh yeah, sign me up. So I, I give him a pass on that, but no, yeah, the solo was terrible. It, it was a horrible the one movie. one thing that kind of
2: helped, though, is if they made all the actors not try to pretend to be the original character, but then Donald Glover shows up and he's trying so very hard to be Billy Dee Wilms, it just Really oversells the fact that this kid is really nothing like Harrison Ford, which I, I wish if they would have told Donald Glover to tone down the Billy Dee a little bit, so that way this this poor little shit doesn't look so out of place. Because honestly, I think if this kid was like playing like the TV version of Star Lord and a Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy TV show, he'd be perfect as like a somewhat Han yeah, Solo-ish that, guy. But
0: yeah, but he, that, at that point he's not playing Solo, and by yeah. the way, I didn't think that Don Glover or, or- Dong Lover, as some people call him. I don't think that he was playing Billy Dee Williams. There's like one scene where they first are introduced to the poker scene where, uh you know, Solo uh introduces himself for the first time. There's like one piece of dialogue where he kind of came off like Lando, but then everything else is like nothing like Lando Calrissian. Uh He calls Han Solo honey a couple times as well, uh which, I mean, Why? <laughs> Yeah, why? What's I've the only seen of that? the
1: movie one time, so I don't yeah. really remember any right. of that. But yeah, I saw it in the theater. I remember him. I remember thinking that
2: he was trying to. I thought he did an all right job of trying to beat Billy Dee a bit. He tried more than anybody else in the film to try to be the character. That but he, he was w- but he wasn't. Unlike... The
0: thing he, he was horrible in the character. In yeah. fact, I'm not a, a huge you know Don Glover or Donald Glover fan to begin with. Uh, you know he's okay, but I'm not a big, big, giant fan of his. Uh, but I thought he was not good as Lando. Uh, obviously, I thought Eldon was terrible as Han Solo. Uh, in fact, one of the major reasons why I think the movie bombed, and going back to Doctor Who in the second here, but uh it's just the, the Solo movie was a movie we did not need. Again, I said it before, and I'll, and I'll stick to it. I think more than even The Last Jedi backlash, it was because the majority of fans don't want to see a Han Solo movie. They never wanted one. They didn't need one. They wanted the character to stay mysterious like we first met him in A New Hope. And we go from there forward. We don't need to know the backstory of every single damn character because it ruins the character's mystique. Now for future generations, they could see, you know, Han Solo and what an asshole he was and how badly written it was. Do you think they're gonna give a crap when they see him in A New Hope? It defeats oh. the purpose. Yeah. Just, also,
2: it's a, it's, a it's a type of character. It's the type of movie you make when you run out of ideas with Star Wars, not when you're trying to start a new universe with it. It's like,
1: right. Think of all the uh, all the great uh, standalone movies that they could have done. Could you imagine how how different this conversation would be had they released, had they put out Solo before Rogue One? That would have sunk Rogue One. Yeah.
2: Honestly. Honestly, they should have just saw the writing on the walls, changed the character's name to Dash Rendar, rewrote the script a little bit, and made it Shadows of the Empire, the film, and it would have been passable. Eldon Aldrich, whatever, however you say his name, he could have been all right as Dash. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't playing Harrison. He, Ford. You know what?
1: It's funny because he kind of does look like that Dash Rendar video does, game character. Yeah. He kind of does look like him a little yep. bit.
0: Now he you know, looks the- a little
1: more like him than he does Han Solo.
0: Oh definitely now you know they're they're a little bit disconnected with you know the, the continuity here of Star Wars when they mention things like Well we wanted him to make the character his own and, and do things you know a little bit different. No, you bumbling idiot. This is a direct prequel to A New Hope. You have to have an actor that looks, sounds, and feels like a young Harrison Ford, because that's the only interpretation of this character that matters. This is not Batman, where you can reboot. This is not a reboot of the character. This is a direct prequel that takes place what five, ten years before New Hope. So the fact that this guy looks slightly older in some ways, he's like three inches shorter, and you can tell the difference because he he looks scrawny compared to Harrison Ford. Um, you know, he doesn't sound like Han Solo, he doesn't really look like Han Solo, there's certain angles, it's kind of like the Brandon Ralph Christopher Reeve connection where he looks something like Christopher Reeves, but when you like turn a certain angle, he resembles him a little bit, and you're like, I can kind of see it when he like, maybe, well, take that about ten notches down. And that's more or less what you have Alden and Harrison Ford. Some features might be similar, but he doesn't look or feel or sound or act like Harrison Ford. Right, and it's a big no-no. It was too close. This.
1: It was too close in continuity to A New Hope to be that kind of movie. I mean, you would have needed that movie to be like even further back. You would have need. I mean, a lot further back than A New Hope. I mean, it was. It was almost. Almost the same timeline, almost. You know, you it's, it's yeah. just.
0: And, and it, mind you, how, and, and now, I don't know, in Galaxy Far, Far Away, they have hair club for men, but he had less hair in Solo than he did it in New Hope. <laughs> His hairline was receding. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah,
1: I noticed that. Yep.
0: Yeah. So maybe he went to our, I don't know, maybe he rejuvenated like Doc Brown did in Back to the Future. Maybe he regenerated.
1: Maybe that's what happened, dude. Yeah. Since we're talking about Doctor Who, it's possible. Well, oh know, it's he possible, may have regenerated yeah. into Harrison Ford. Yeah,
2: who knows if Carillians regenerate? they never never—I've never heard it like explored the idea. It could be possible. And yeah. they are an alien humanoid species. I mean, who knows if they're repopulating? Or
1: <laughs>
2: I can't think right now. Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, a, re- now, remember, a regenerating, a regenerating Solo. You know, and then he just he just lets himself he just lets himself die at the end of Force Awakens because he's old, old and over it.
0: Speaking and, of and, uh, speaking of lazy writing, by the way, not to cut you off there, Johnny. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, I think I, I may mean, have I mentioned this once before on the show. I'm not sure if I did or not. But talking about lazy writing. They made Solo into Finn and Finn into Solo. I mean, it's the same character bit. Uh, essentially. I don't know if, you guys, if I told you guys that or if I yeah. shared my yeah. thoughts on well, that. Uh, Solo
2: got to do a lot more cooler stuff than Finn got to. I mean, Finn kind of really gets the short end of the stick of being the cool No, guy no, but, but I'm not talking World about like, the,
0: start, the stuff he did. I'm talking about the actual uh, person who you know he is. Uh, and, and I'm going to kind of give you the run. I don't think you remember when I mentioned that. This might have been, hey, it was last year. might have been one of the early episodes. Uh, before the movie came out, or maybe slightly after it came out. Uh, but my whole, my whole connection is that they're both named, uh, by a member of the opposite faction. You know, S- uh, Solo got his name by a member of what? The First Order? Who was recruiting him? Right? How did Finn get his name? His last name? By a member From of po. the Resistance. By Poe. Right? Member of the opposite. Uh, Finn, Han, short name, and and they both have double meaning. Solo means alone in Spanish. Finn means uh, the end in Spanish.
2: Do you think he's gonna kill everybody?
0: No. Uh, but but it's the end of Star Wars male characters. (laughs) That's that's part of the end. Uh, let's see. Uh, Finn, uh, doesn't really have a last name, they did it Solo. So they have to give him, they have to invent that last name for him. Hell, Finn didn't even have a name, it was, it was a, a, a number. Until Poe gave him a name. I'm
1: not a number! I'm a free man!
0: I'm a Finn! So, uh, so they're similar in that aspect. They're both treated to be kind of goofy characters when they're not supposed to be. Um, you know, that aspect also, uh, Chewbacca hates both of them when they first meet and then he gets a, you know, they they grow on them and become best buddies they're in the middle of the movie, the end of the movie. Same characterization and, and character development between Chewbacca and Finn and Chewbacca and Solo. Uh, I mean, they both fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, they both use the lightsaber, which they're not supposed to, because only Jedi are supposed to use the lightsabers, or Force-sensitive people are the ones that are supposed to use the lightsaber, but yet they both use it for some ungodly reason. Uh Remember Harrison Ford? Now, in his defense, Harrison Ford uses the lightsaber once, and it's to save a Jedi who's about to die, which is Luke, or a Jedi in training. So you could make the argument, well, the Force allowed him to use the lightsaber because remember in the in the storyline everything happens by the will of the force right so maybe the force allowed him to do that because Luke was about to die and he's not meant to die but there's no re- rhyme or reason why Finn is picking up a lightsaber um, you know Ray is one that has the force and by the way the way that, uh, Kyler slices through Finn's back, he should have been out for a lot longer than 20 minutes. I'm just saying. Spinal cord or not, Luke spent a lot more time, a lot more time in that Bantha tank than Finn ever did, and his injury was a lot less. He was upside down for, for what, a day? But he didn't have a a
1: little bit.
0: Yeah, but he didn't have a lightsaber stuck up his ass and, and <laughs> you know, would not go all the way up, you know, <laughs> through his spine. Well had he,
1: had a, he had to have have his anal cavity repaired too, maybe that's quicker in the future. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Perhaps. It's like Hair Club for men. They just fix you up and you're, <laughs> mental licks, you're, you're like bumbling idiot all over again. I don't know. But uh, there was a lot of characterizations which were, like, identical. Like They were like, all right, Force Awakens, we have a script for that. Uh, we're making a solo movie, we have no idea what to do. Well, let's just take the black eye and give uh, solo all the same attributes. Really? That, that's, uh, that's how you write a movie? That's how lazy you are? How about you actually, if you're going to make a solo movie, give me something interesting.
2: That's kind of of do it roles, all, though. With Spider-Man: um, Homecoming, they basically took Miles Morales' story and made him white, gave it, gave it a story to Peter Parker. So why not do it with Han Solo too? Yeah, but too.
0: the, the, the um, difference there is there's never been a Miles Morales on the big screen. That's a that's a comic well, book cartoon. Well, there is now. Well, but it's still a cartoon. It's it's not live action, and it's, it's not better an better else, and it's not something that's in a, a different interpretation completely. Of the character. Remember, we're talking about characters that belong in the same exact universe that are the same exact ter- characterization. You're not going to see Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man be dealt with as Miles Morales in the same movie. I don't think you're ever gonna see that.
2: They're talking about actually having him um be in the second Spider Verse movie, having him do a voice in his version of Spider Man showing up because he's going back to Sony after Spider Man Far From Home. So that's rumors and has we are a, going to see that. But it's yeah, but that's work.
0: rumors and how many times have we seen rumors come and go that are not true?
2: Well this is this isn't from like Latino Review though. This is like from like actual like credible places that you love, like Collider and Cinema Blaine Yeah, but they they're
0: wrong eighty percent of the time. But maybe even more. I mean, they're not as wrong as Mike Zero and, and those cats. But. And
2: and Latino Review, Mister. I never get things right, but people still listen to it for some reason.
0: I think it's the the same Mike Zero effect. People just want to like hear rumors. That's all it is. Yeah, that's that's pretty
1: much what it sounds like to me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the internet never gets it right, so I'm not worried about rumors. The internet always fed, you know, lies and BS. Wow,
1: Mr. Malik won the Golden Globe for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. He did do a good job. No, he he
0: sold it. I mean, look, it's it's the, uh, we haven't even talked about that movie because, well, huh. I haven't seen it. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Or not. Not oh much wow, concept, I,
1: I liked man. it. I thought it it's was actually, a wonderful yeah. movie. It's really good. It wasn't you know. historic. It wasn't historically accurate, but it was still a good movie. I mean, I no
0: biopic is ever one hundred percent historically yeah. accurate.
1: No, this is, yeah. this is this is even this is like I would say I would say that this movie, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, say that like no biopic is one hundred percent. I would say that this biopic is more like thirty-seven percent accurate. Yeah. The rest of it is all baloney, <laughs> but,
2: but Robbie, well, Malik, Robbie Malik played his ass off, he actually yeah. Freddie Mercury, I was impressed and I've good. been a fan of his since um, Need for Speed. Mystery Robot's such an incredible show, so it's good to see him finally get some kudos, even if it was for, like, one of his things that's not as good as the other stuff that I've liked him from. But well, he, I mean, he was amazing in the film, though. He was great as Ray but yeah, Everybody it. says
0: he was, you know, fantastic He probably deserves an Oscar for the performance. But uh, what was so different? Because, I mean, I know the, the Queen story pretty good, and I know they kind of, like, toned down, you know, his... Uh, they That's changed. The they changed now. everything.
1: They changed how how Freddie Mercury met Queen. They changed how. Uh, I mean, you, you'll see. You'll see when you see the movie. I mean, it's there's like
2: the, it's like the hundred and one
1: different things. It's
2: like the NWA movie. It's, it's, it's closer worse than enough.
1: the it's worse than the NWA movie. Oh, I don't know about the that. Was more the NWA movie? I feel like was more accurate than Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Ask D really Barnes films, about that. But
1: like they're
0: both
2: really
1: yeah. inaccurate like i like i have to admit for entertainment value i think bohemian rhapsody was a was a wonderful movie like they like yeah you have to add stuff that's not there just for you know just for cinematic make, reasons punch it up yeah punch, yeah but you can kind of understand so uh, for a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that they are historically inaccurate about i can forgive them because it's like they did that because you got to create conflict because it's a movie you got to create things that you know so yeah yeah.
2: i I watched i seen one that's supposed to be completely accurate biopic about a rock star it's called control it's about ian curtis from joy division and it's it's kind of sad, but it's mostly just boring because he was tragically epileptic, so he never really partied too hard. He never did drugs or anything like that. He cheated on his wife a couple of times, and then you just kind of had to deal with his depression. And it was it was neat to kind of like actually see into Ian Curtis's life, but at the same time, I was more bored than depressed with, with the film's story because it's supposed to be a very tragic story, but I was just. Bored and hungry. It went for a- it
1: went for accuracy, and that that's probably what the thing is. When you go for accuracy, the movie's going to be a lot more boring than if it, if you punch if you, it up, punch it up, and make it cinematic, which is what they did with well, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh,
0: not only that, remember, guys, you only have certain limited time to tell the story. Sometimes you got to cut corners. Oh and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this was like yeah.
1: what I think this movie was like two hours.
0: And they're trying to tell a story that takes place in what, like oh, twenty years? Decades. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have, you know, every movie's going to have that issue when it's a biopic. People complain about that in the Tupac movie, and I saw that movie, and I was like, this is actually very close to what Tupac was like. Um, Even the sequences with Digital Underground was identical to the way it happened. Um, The way they introduced him to the hip-hop world was identical to the way it actually happened. Like, that went down like that. Um, You know, like, uh, for example... Jada Pickett came out saying, well, my relationship with Tupac was this and this and this, but then you watch the movie, and like, that's pretty much what they showed, they didn't show them fucking, it's not like they, and that's what she's saying, they were like good friends, and this and that, well, woman, that's what they showed in the movie, you know, she wasn't in the set to tell them, well, the dialogue was like this or like that, so, you know, the director and the writers are going by what the outlaws told them, what the Digital Underground people told them, what the other writers told them, and they're building the movies around that, and they have to cut certain corners. But a uh, Chico is a drug addict in real life, and they showed that in the movie. Um, that sequence where I don't know if you guys remember the, in the Tupac movie where he confronts her from the drug dealers and he like he pitches her out—that happened in real life. They show you the sequence where he's at the, at the party briefly, and there's a shootout, and the, and the little kid gets shot. That happened in real life. I mean, they—they they, yeah, some of it is chopped up because they have to. I mean, my. Mind you, he only lived to be 25, so he had a short life, but a lot of stuff happened to him from 18 to 25, to where they have to, you know, kind of like chop some some things down, mix some characters up, just to be able to tell a cohesive story. But for the most part, the people that were in Tupac's circle, and I know a few of them, and, you know, luckily enough, Money B and some of these other, you know, people that I've met. Uh, He's from Digital Underground, by the way, and one of the guys who discovered Tupac. And they're pretty adamant that this is a very close storytelling to the way Tupac was in real life, the way he portrayed the persona. Everybody wanted to see Tupac come on, be this gangster who's shooting everybody. That wasn't who he was. But they showed you when he shot two after the police officers, that happened in real life, they showed that in the movie, they showed you sequences where on death row, people were getting beat up, and and he was there like, oh snap, this is happening, and he had to put on a persona in front of Shug Knight because he didn't want to get his ass whooped in front of everybody that happened in real life. So there's certain things that they showed in that movie that people they don't know any better. They're like that couldn't have been like the way it happened with Tupac. But no, actually that's exactly the way it went down. And that was a, a pretty accurate movie. I'll tell you, like, 85 to 90% of that movie was pretty damn accurate. Anybody who tells you any different doesn't know the actual story of Tupac. The rest of it is like, ha- they had to cut some corners, and they do that for every one of these bio-movies. Yeah. Because you're telling a short, you know, two-hour movie condensed over a lifespan of a person. Hey, look, even The Doors, which is highly regarded as one of the best biopics of all times, with Val Kilmer, wasn't 100 percent accurate. It cut corners also. It, it, you know, it merged characters together. They do that for every biopic. Hell, let's go into the paranormal. Uh, Fire in the Sky with Travis Walton. They changed the entire alien sequence in that movie. Everything it was different from the movie from the book that he wrote. His experience had nothing, had no connection to what happened in the movie. Even he said it, but when the, the movie was, you know, being produced, even he understood that Hollywood needs to tell a, they need to tell a story that's exciting, that makes sense. You're still telling the story of what happened to this person, and as accurately as you could possibly do it, I think they're getting better, at being more and more accurate. You saw with the Selena movie, you're seeing it with uh, the Tupac bio movie. They're getting a little bit closer, but still. You have a small window of uh, of time to tell a, a story, so you're never going to get 100% accuracy. And anybody who makes that complaint just does not understand how filmmaking is made. So going into yeah. this Bohemian Rhapsody film... You know, for those people who say, "Oh, well, it wasn't 100 percent accurate." Screw you! You're never going to get that in a biopic. Be lucky that the concert sequences were. No, the thing were is, epic.
1: Rhapsody, bro, isn't even close to being 100 percent accurate. Well, I haven't it?
0: seen it, so I'm not going to say too much. But I know that the concert sequences were were really well done. He actually performed a lot of the yes, music. Yeah, the, con- the 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 um yeah, the
1: concert sequences were were great. Like they. Like they did, you know, and you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they that this movie gets criticized for is too is like the dates, you know, in terms of, you know, the timeline of which when certain things happen too. But like you said, because it's a movie and it's because they have to do all of that, it you know, for what they had for what they decided to do and the kind of movie they decided to make, I think they did a good job. I really loved it.
0: So now I'm gonna watch it yeah. in the next probably a few days and I'm gonna uh you know, give a little review later on, and I'll tell you exactly what I thought of it. But uh, before we go into uh, our next segue here, uh, Alpha, you wouldn't say anything else about Bohemian Rhapsody?
2: Oh no, no. I mean, I just—I I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Um, and what you think of Rami Malik's performance and his utter transformation? Because he looks nothing like his normal self in this. I mean, he looks exactly like Freddie Mercury. It's almost scary. So,
0: no, um, looks so alone. I, to- I mean. That- yeah, it looks alone. He's he's sold me. I mean that he looks exactly like Freddie Mercury. You said it.
1: Yep. Sure does.
0: Alright guys, now let's move along to our next segue. And don't everybody get so excited, but here we go. Uh this is my uh top I'm gonna say it's top eighteen. Oh wow. Because I've seen that many movies from last year, so Top eighteen films uh for me for twenty eighteen and I know you guys have uh your shirt lists ready, but I'm gonna go from uh, worst to best, and I'm gonna start off with the worst movie I saw last year and and a movie that that just thinking about it makes me cringe and it's sad because I really wanted to see this movie uh because i uh, I was uh, a huge Charles Bronson fan growing up. Death Wish. I love those movies. Oh, here we movies. go. <laughs> and I was so excited <laughs> for uh, for Renee Perez's uh, movie with Robert Bronzy, as uh, his uh, name is, uh, you know, now uh, it's not over the stage name or not. But the movie's called Death Kiss, and obviously it's a rip of Death Wish with an actor who looks and sounds almost identical to Charles Bronson. I mean, it's scarily uh, close, that when you look at him, you're like, it's, it's like they cloned the guy. Um, when you see him and actually hear him do, you know, long sentences, and you see his performance, it's awful. Uh, you can tell he's starting to learn how to act, but he's not an actor yet, so a lot of the movie has no dialogue, but then it's, like, really badly shot as well. You can get away with having little to no dialogue if it's well-directed, it will live well shot it looks like a professional Hollywood movie. But this looks like like it's shot amateur, just badly written, badly paced, uh, the cuts are terrible. It looks like they shot it for like no budget whatsoever. Uh the acting is atrocious by everybody. There's not one redeeming factor in this movie. In fact, I give it one star out of ten. If you guys can avoid any movie this year, Avoid death kiss, even though I want to see Robert Bronzy and more things. Once he learns how to act, because he really brings back that the Charles Bronson, uh you know, a, a look and. But feel the, I, mean, and I mean, did
1: he at least move like Charles Bronson? I mean, you know,
0: he if he didn't Dude, sound
1: like him or anything. But I mean, no, he, he, he
0: That's the thing. If he says certain, like when he speaks. Some dialogue, he sounds like Charles Bronson, but the more he speaks, the more his accent comes out, because he's not a very good actor yet. Right. So he he can't stay in character, and that's his major issue. So to fix that, I guess they had him say very little things in the film, and it doesn't help. While he looks exactly, moves exactly, and feels like Charles Bronson... The rest of the movie fails around them to, like, you know, at least give them a little bit of props up. If the movie at least builds up the other characters and has them as a mysterious character coming in to be, like, this badass, you know, death wish type of character, you can kind of get away with that. But when the movie kind of, like, focuses on him a lot and he's not saying anything and then the rest of the movie around you sucks, it doesn't work. It completely fails in every. Single aspect is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and I and I have wow. I have a hard time saying that about any movie because I actually like the one that Renee uh, Perez did before that with Bronzy, by the way. He did um, a western right before he did that one. I, I think it was called. Um, What was the name of that movie? From Hell to the Wild West, I believe it was the name of it. And that wasn't good. wasn't great. But it was passable. It was a movie that you're watching and you're like, okay. This next movie with this guy might be excellent. Because, you know, they they gave us a decent movie for a very low budget. Then it's passable. You can watch it from beginning to end. It has a narrative. It has decent pacing. It's not great acted, but it's not horribly acted. The casting is is very low budget. It feels like a sci-fi type of movie, sci-fi channel. But uh, it's not horrific. No, no, Death Kiss is one of the worst movies in the history of filming. It's that bad. Stay far, far away from the movie. I cannot you, say it any um, louder.
2: Did you actually watch the Death Wish remake, though, that Eli Roth did with Bruce Willis?
0: Have not seen that, and I can only imagine.
2: It's actually not bad. I mean, like it's Sci-Fi Channel quality too. But I mean, if you, you don't mind straight-to-video up type shit, like I, I actually um, recommend that one. It's got some pretty decent kills in it.
0: Yeah, but Bruce Willis hasn't made a good movie since Die Hard Three. With uh, Simon Oh Jackson. man,
2: Once Upon a, um, Once Upon a Time in Venice was great. He's made yeah. Yeah. Okay. a bowl. Unbreakable, he's made some great video movies too. My no, bad, Unbreakable. You're
0: abs- I, I give you that 100%. I, I'm sorry, I kneel before Zod. That, that's his best movie, Unbreakable. By far. Since Die Hard 3. Anyway, moving on. Number 17 on my list is, uh, Winchester. You guys seen that? Epic yeah. terrible movie.
2: It should have been way better. It had a great premise, but man, it just really fell apart. I actually lived across the street from the Winchester, a mansion, when I was doing a job in um, Campbell, California. It was it's a pretty neat little place and stuff. It's got some great lore to it, and yeah, no, the movie was just kind of. Mm. Uh, Helen Mirren was pretty good, and then so was the other guy that acted in it. But the, the story just let everything down, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, Jason Clarke. This is boring. I mean, I saw it. The, the cinematography was great. The acting was passable, but the movie itself is just boring. Like, when you think something's going to happen, nothing happens. When you think they will uh-huh. do some, they don't do anything. It's not scary. It's supposed to be scary, but it's not scary. Uh, you know, there's nothing, uh, there's no redeeming factor, other than some of the acting is pretty good. Uh, but that's about it, really. I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. Better casting than Death Kiss. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that much. Number 16 on my list, because I we don't have much to say about Winchester. A movie we, a movie we just spoke about a little while ago. Solo, a, uh, a solo story. A Star Wars, uh, you know, tobacco uh, that was number 16 on my list for last year. I don't think I need to shit on that movie anymore that's really been shit on. Um, it is what it is. It's my third worst movie of the year. And that's saying a lot because it's a terrible movie. I gave it two stars, by the way. I don't know what you guys gave Solo, but it only got two stars from me. Uh, number 15, a movie that I thought I was gonna enjoy because I liked the, some of the cast in this. David Spade, Gamal Diaz. You know, a pretty decent cast. Uh, Dustin Fairbanks directed You know, uh, not too bad. Warning shot. I don't know if you guys seen this. Uh, it, it's not that good. It's... Got its moments, but it's not that good and, uh, that's number 15 on my list. So I'm gonna breeze through a few of these just because we don't have a whole lot of time, but... Uh, let's see, number 14, uh, a movie that I gave a five-star because I liked some of the performance. Uh, I didn't like the overall movie. I thought it was kind of a letdown, especially the end. I love the initial book. It's one of my favorite, uh, novelizations ever. Uh, Fahrenheit 451 with Michael B. Jordan and directed by Ramin uh, Barani, I believe is his name, Aaron Davis, uh, Sidney Katz, Michael Shannon, uh, zaid I to find you! I will find, you, is I in will this. find him! <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie itself, it's uh, let down by the end. There's some really great things in the movie, some not-so-great things. Michael B. Jordan's performance is great in the film, but uh, the is miscast, especially Michael Shannon, you know, he's a good actor, but my goodness. Uh, the, the
2: bad guy again?
0: Uh, yeah, okay, he plays a bad guy kind of again in this. i uh, just got to watch it to believe it, it's, it's just not very good. I really good. like the old
2: Francois 2 version of it, the one from the late 60s or 70s, that's that's a really good movie, like, you know, if you want to check that one out.
0: The, the initial book, Fahrenheit 451, I mean, if you can adapt that properly, it's such a, a wonderful book, I, it's an amazing story, so I don't know why they keep failing to do justice by that book, but, uh... Uh, let's see, moving on. Number 13 on my list. The movie that I, it's just a popcorn fun movie to watch. Not great, uh, acting needs to be done in this movie, but the action is, uh, really good. Uh, CGI works, and it has The Rock in it. So, I mean, I, I, I buy The Rock. You know, anything he's in, I kind of enjoy. Yeah, I'm talking about Skyscraper. 13 oh, on my God. list. Oh, I
2: thought you were at least gonna oh, say, Jumanji no. or something that was half watchable. Fucking
0: story. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Skyscraper. Oh no.
0: It wow, had its moments. It, but
1: I can jump from a crane and
0: shit. Yeah, the most. It had wow. it. Had, it's the it's the rock being the rock. But look, it it I give it six out of ten. So it's not like I love this movie. Okay, it was just it was good enough mm, to be no, enjoyable. Not it, <laughs> it was better than the other movies I just mentioned. Okay, It's still there. Uh, number 12 on my list. A movie that actually laughed and chuckled out a lot and I love the, uh, I love the cast. I think that Kevin Hart is, uh, one of the funniest comedians working today. But the movie does kinda of like fall into a lot of cliches and it's, I think it's kinda of slightly of a remake, but Night School is number 12 on my list. I don't know if you guys saw it with Kevin Hart.
2: Uh, I'll check it out. I like Kevin Hart a lot too. So yeah, I mean, I'm for it With him, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, he's always yeah. good at those.
0: If, if you if you can sit down and, and enjoy Kevin Hart's humor, you'll like the movie. It's it's quite enjoyable. I also gave it a six out of ten, uh, but I slightly enjoyed him on Skyscraper. and It's not an action movie. It has. A little tiny action moment here, there, but it's all done with humor and comedy, and Kevin Hart is funny as usual. He's Kevin Hart, you know. It is. It's Kevin Hart playing Kevin Hart in a Kevin Hart movie, and it's a Kevin Hart comedy-driven Kevin Hart film. That's all it is. Uh, It's still further along his resume. That's all that is. Um, Number eleven on my list: *Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom*. I gave it a six out of ten. Not a great movie. Just dumb action, again, popcorn action. Story-wise, it was garbage. Um I like Chris Pratt and I think he's a good actor. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, like, again, yeah, nothing special. Um you know, J.A. Baena, he's, he's not calling about Trevor, who did not direct this movie, by the way. He co-produced it, but he didn't direct it. We have a new director, J.A. Bayona, Baena, whatever his name is. Uh, he did a decent enough follow-up to Jurassic World, but it wasn't, like, anything special. It should not have been the kind of money I made at the box office at all. But then again, I didn't think the, the first one should have made that a billion dollars either. So, <clears throat> you know, that's that. Uh So that's number 11 on my list for the year. Number 10, Ready Player One, which I thought I was going to love more because I love the book. Uh the movie was kind of a letdown in certain parts. I got seven out of ten for me. It made ten. It made my top ten list for the year. So I'll give it that much. But it could be, it could have been so much better. Uh number nine, The Predator. Seven out of ten. Um I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was gonna like this movie. I thought it was gonna right. be garbage. Shane Black didn't nail it, didn't you know, knock it out of the park. But he did a decent enough job for me to enjoy the movie to give it a seven out of ten, and slightly enjoy more than Ready Player One. That's saying a lot, considering it had a weak cast and only had really Shane Black as a director to sell well, it for it had me. Oh, Thomas Jane and Key
2: in it. Those guys are both really good in the film too. They they're the, they're the main yeah. reasons I watched it, and I, I've watched it a few times, and I actually really enjoyed it too. And mostly because I wow. really like.
1: It's not awful. It's I, I, I'm, like, right there with Jack. Yes, it is. You guys, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just, I, that's why I'm Seven
0: out of ten me. is not that good of a yeah, score, though, Son, right?
1: Seven ten, that's a pretty high score, man. No, it's not.
0: <laughs> Dude. Now, no, no. That, that,
2: that's a D grade,
0: brother. Yeah. That's, like, almost middle of the road. I, like, that's, actually, that's, no, like, a C+. Plus. You know, yeah. The, the, the yeah, let's be honest, more like a C plus. But that that's not good, that's not great, yeah. that's just
2: decent. Barely passing.
0: Yeah, barely passing is great. I mean on IMDb it's a five point five, I give it a seven out of ten. So I'm not like that much above the average of what everybody else thinks so, of the movie. So, it, <laughs> compared to the uh, compared to the ori- compared to the original
1: Predator,
0: that one. Oh no, a- come on, dude! Nobody's comparing it to the original. It, we're that. just saying it's a
2: slight. It's an all right film for this year. No one's saying yeah, it's, it's as good as the nah. first.
0: Not even close, obviously. Now, number eight on my list: uh, another remake of a uh, part three, which I don't think could happen. But how many times are we going to see Jamie Lee Curtis kill? Michael Myers, really, but I, I actually enjoyed this Halloween. 3, mm. 2, f- 8, 10, two, eight, ten—I don't know where they're at with this anymore. That the whole thing was confusing because you can put as by three, you get put as by two. Doesn't really fucking matter at the end of the day. Halloween, the remake was pretty decent. I was shocked because of the people behind this Blumhouse—you uh, know they. Did a, a really good, yeah. They did, did a good job on this, at least. I gave it an eight out of ten. Again, not a perfect it ain't movie, that, bro. Uh, wasn't great. Uh, it was just good enough for me to enjoy it. Actually, I, I kind of enjoyed some element, elements of H two O more over this movie, believe it or not. And that's what Jimmy Lee Curtis as well in a very similar storyline. In fact, even some of the stuff they dealt with in this movie was very similar to what Rob Zombie did. So it's kind of they cherry picked ideas from like the other movies and well, that's gave what they you. They said they direction. were going to do. They
1: said they were going to cherry pick from just about every Halloween. There were like little references if you picked up on it from every single Halloween movie in the franchise.
0: Which, by the way, I did, and I kind of didn't like that. I was kind of hoping they were. They're going to give us a. Reboot, which we didn't need to Halloween uh at least be semi original you know yeah bringing you bring in the Michael Myers character you can bring in uh to new Weavers character. Uh I'm the scorny Weaver. I'm sorry, Jimmy Lee Curtis's character. Yeah, the uh, Weaver. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about aliens, but uh no, uh, you can bring her character into this. That's fine, and and say, oh, it's all these one years later, and completely retcon the 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 H two O, the one that she was in. Uh, you, you can do that if you want. That's fine, but if you're gonna do that can be something a little bit more original. That's all I ask for. So sure. there's certain things that I didn't like in the movie, but it was good enough. It had enough tension to keep me interested. But I still like the Rob Zombie movies better. The first two. The first I thought, one. Yeah. Well, I, I like both of his films, but I'm a Rob Zombie fan, so uh, i love I'm, Rob Zombie
2: too. But his second Halloween was awful. I love all those other yeah. films besides that one. I even like Lords
1: of Salem. I just don't like Halloween Two. I love director's cut. His director's cut for Halloween Two. I think that's... Mm. Oh, that was Better? Really, I've yeah. only ever seen yeah. the... Oh, yeah. Oh, my ones. God. Great.
2: Okay, yeah. I'll check that out. Then I'm, I might be wrong. I just... You I told... You tell
0: it, time. Dude, when you watch the original cut and you watch the director's cut, you get told the studio, like we're, we're like, yeah, you gotta cut this down. And yeah, they, they, do they totally... Yeah.
1: They totally Joss whedon the, the fuck out of uh Halloween 2. <laughs> Let's just put it that
2: way. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll
1: check
0: yeah.
2: that out. Then. I, I didn't know that was available.
0: He was brutal in oh. and the, and the director's cut. It was, it was really good. Now, number seven on my list, I'm going to go with Bumblebee, which I, I actually liked a lot. And right. I gave it an eight out of ten. I, I was surprised I liked it as much as I thought I was going to, you know, I didn't think I was going to like it this much. But I really liked it. I, eight out of ten is getting a little bit better up there. Uh, it wasn't the, the greatest Transformer movie, but by God, it was better than, than, than you know, I thought it was going to be. For a, a standalone Bumblebee movie, which reboots the franchise, and uh it does a neat job of kind of reintroducing us to the Transformer universe in a kind of a slightly different way with different acting. And the acting is good throughout. Everybody's good in that movie. Bumblebee was excellent, the actual Bumblebee.
2: And Starscream, yeah, It was yeah, so I good mean, to see real Starscream, too.
0: You know, and the performance of the car, it's a, it's a freaking car. But there, there's so much good performance in that car, which was touching at times. The action was, you know, there. You can actually understand what's happening on the screen. It was well told. The, the script worked. And never, like, you know, there's not a dull moment. It didn't drag or anything. It just was a, a good, fun, action packed movie. I highly recommend Bumblebee. That's why right, it's number seven on my list. And now moving on to a movie that I really liked and we're getting closer to my top five. Uh, a movie that I was shocked, bewildered when I said that I was like I can't believe I actually I'm almost i I almost love this movie. I'm talking about Venom.
2: Oh god yeah. Just stupid fun, but man was it just entertaining endlessly. As I mean hell. I'm right there with you.
0: Uh, I mean, Tom Hardy sells me as everything, Bane, doesn't matter what character he plays, he's a, a phenomenal actor, and I had an issue with Venom being told, because I was like, well, Venom without Spider-Man, how is that going to work? It works, by God it works, it works so good, he's excellent at Eddie Brock, uh, the movie eight out of ten. I almost give it a nine out of ten to be honest. I think it's literally since Spider-Man Two, it is the best Sony Spider-Verse movie that they've ever made, other than Spider-Man Two. Uh, to me, that's still their top movie. But this movie, and I think box office wise, has been bigger than all the other movies too. By the way, which is shocking in itself. But uh, I was completely blown away by how good Venom came out. I really was. So, highly recommend that. That's number six on my list. Uh, number five, again, i I said this before on different lists, and I, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but Summer of 84, an excellent thriller. Uh, unknown actors in this thing, uh you know, young kids. Uh, directed by uh, Francois Simard, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and Anouk Wissel. I think that, like, two or three directors. Um, Yoan Carl Whistle, I think is the third director. We well, had several directors uh to tell the storyline and it worked beautifully. It was a throwback to the eighties, kinda like Stranger Things in a sense, where you have that like that kind of uh group of kids trying to like, you know, figure out, you know, what's going on. And it really feels like you're stuck in nineteen eighty four. So again, summer of eighty four, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's an excellent little movie. And again, it's a drama, horror, mystery movie that kind of, like, just catches you by surprise. Like this show, Stranger Things, caught a lot of folks by surprise, where nobody expected it to be that good. Um, That's what happened with this one. I gave it 8 out of 10 for the year. Now, moving into my top four list, I'm sure a lot of folks have this as a number one movie. To me, it's number four. And funny enough, from here on out, we have a lot of comic book movies in the top four list, which I didn't expect going into the year, but it kinda like this way it went down. Uh, Black Panther was my fourth favorite movie of the year. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Not a perfect movie, by no stretch of the imagination, but a movie that sets up the character of the Black Panther, uh, um, really, really well. Uh Rank who did Creed, uh, the first one who was excellent directing this movie. Um Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lou Peter Noango. I mean the cast was phenomenal. Uh it, it would look this is not the first time we have a black superhero on screen. Sorry guys. And I, a lot of you know, Yeah, we black... had
2: Steel long before
0: Yeah. Spawn. Before, Steel like, yeah, was
2: before it spawned, too, with Shaq. Yeah. And Shaq's cool. I uh, remember
0: so, we had
1: Shazam with Sinbad, too. That was good. We don't that count never that.
0: existed. never it existed. does, dude. Yes, no, does. we, don't, we, no, don't, we don't count that. But we don't count it.
2: <laughs> we don't have time
1: to go into the... Mandela 1992,
0: bro. That's like saying Meteor Man.
1: Oh, yeah, there's another one, Meteor Man. That's another okay. good one. And what no, was actually, the one that was um, fun.
2: What was the one with Blank Man with um? David oh Wayne? yeah,
1: Blank Man. That
0: is the greatest movie with a black superhero ever, man. I'm sorry, but Blank Man is tops. Damon Wayne's performance in that was. Stark. Damon's
2: always great. He's the reason why I watch that Lethal Weapon show still, man. Just, just to watch. Yeah, show. he turned.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, he turned into yeah. a little bitch. Look at, look yeah. at, look at Lethal Weapon. Look, that that show's gonna end up going off the air because of him. Because he's a easy. He's, he's a what do you call that shit? He's a uh, he's a diva, dude. Fuck Damon Wayne.
0: He was funny when he first started. Now, nah, yeah, he's completely deal out. But he's not going to be in the next season. So, if there even is a next season. There so, won't be a next season, yeah. dude. I mean, they're bringing Stifler. You know when you bring Stifler to to cover the, the rigs part of the show, that's... Yeah, you're, you're, you're just jumping the shark at that, that thugs, point. That's because I liked
2: Sean Williams Scott. I think he could actually do pretty good if the show wasn't falling apart when he joined it.
0: Yeah, but when you're joining a show like this, it... it, it defeats the purpose they should have just they're sure certainly about Riggs and, and you know and Starks you know. I don't know why they didn't just the have
1: him come in playing Riggs Stubbs you know, they've recasted like actors before
0: and he kind of looks like the actor who put a mustache on him I mean they're very similar looking you know All now, white people look the same what's the, the difference
2: he's <laughs> not as white trashy looking as the first guy that played Riggs but I guess they could yeah. I don't know put some, some grease on him or something why trash him up a little bit
0: yeah why not uh, so, let's see, number three on my list, ah, now we're getting to the comic booky stuff, Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: Yes. Nine so out
0: of good. ten. Borderline almost gave it a ten out of ten. I absolutely love wow. this movie. I, I I loved the first one, I thought it was good, but this movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel, I thought it was better. Yeah. Um. The, the comedy was on point. Peyton Reed had time to actually develop this movie himself and not go off of, you know, somebody else's work. And, uh, I thought he completely nailed, uh, directing this movie. And I, hey zide I'm gonna let you, uh, give you two cents if you want, but I loved this movie as a sequel. I thought it, it set up the following events of, you know, what's, what happened. In uh, the Marvel Universe, it is a Marvel movie, and know you're a DC fan, maybe that's why you went, wow. But I thought it was an excellent movie, and there's three on my list. Uh I'm going to stay with Marvel, number two on my list. I'm going to go ahead and uh, say uh, a certain guy named Deadpool. Well, he's actually still
2: the- Fox, but...
0: Well... Fox just got inherited by a a certain Disney company that owns Marvel, so... Yeah. He is now a (laughs) Marvel-Fox entity. And I loved Deadpool 2. As the sequel goes, again, this is as good as the first one, and the box office results showed it. It's made almost as much money as the first one. So there's that. And as a sequel, what happened to that Once
1: Upon a Deadpool? How much money did that
0: make? Well, that's the cleaned up PG thirteen version with a, yeah. with a couple extra with, scenes. I mean, with
2: Brad Savage in it, yeah, just with a, yeah. with a spoof of Princess Bride. I don't think they were expecting it to. They they threw it out there to kind of just tease um, Aquaman fans because I don't think they actually yeah. expected the movie to be as good as it was and to have the turnout that it did and it kind of came back and slapped Marvel and Fox in the face a little bit so you can go ahead and relish that but Ant Man and Wasp was still better than Aquaman so eat that Zod
0: <laughs> yeah this is true Ant Man was better movie than Aquaman <laughs> I haven't seen it but I can just imagine. Uh, number one on my list, and I haven't seen Creed all the way too, but that's probably going to end up being in the top 3, by the way. Uh, because I love what I've seen of Creed too. but, uh, I haven't seen it 100%, so I can't, you know, I haven't seen the ending, so I can't really, uh, give you 100%, uh, you know, top 10 on Creed 2, but I will say that it's a notable, um, you know, entry, which will probably end up being in my top 10 when I finished watching it, like, I just haven't had a chance. But number one on my list for right now, 10 out of 10. I absolutely adore this movie as a sequel. I think it's one of the most perfect comic book movies ever made. That's what I'm talking about, Avengers Infinity War. Um, Zod, you can say whatever you want. Everybody else can say whatever they want. Every single scene of this movie had me captured, had me sitting at the edge of my seat. I love the way that we have the, all these storylines together. Yep. Um, you know, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo did a, a phenomenal job collecting all these characters. The snap at the end, I, you know, we all knew, knew that this was happening. It happened. It was still brilliantly acted. Um, you know, it's opened up a positive dialogue for Endgame's coming up. It's not like it didn't destroy the universe like like Solo or like Blast Jedi. It's actually made people actually want to watch the next one to where I think Endgame is going to be bigger than uh, than Infinity War. And to be honest... There was another I th-
1: movie called Endgame, and it was called Highlander Endgame, and I think that was an excellent movie. I Nobody agree.
2: thinks Highlander Endgame was an excellent movie. Oh, I
1: no, I like those good movies.
0: I like those good movies. Yeah.
1: Highlander Endgame, you got to see the director's cut before you talk yeah. shit. Just saying.
0: No, I, I like Highlander, but it's nowhere near as good as uh, Infinity War, or, or uh, Endgame is going to be, I assume. But Infinity War was, to me, probably top 5 best comic book movies of all time so wouldn't the put it number avenger 1 best
2: movie that they've made so far wouldn't you agree with that Michael? the best will, avengers movie yes
0: i agree 100% with that now i loved captain america the 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 first three don't get me wrong the first avenger the you know i loved the winter soldier and i love civil war but infinity war by far to me is the best marvel cinematic universe movie done period it was nearly flawless in its, like, capturing of the characters, historic development, the way the action sequences paid off. I mean, there's not kind of a moment of dragging, um... Uh, well, no, Spider-Man's not a death there. scene
2: went on too long. Everybody else kind of just poofed away, but he got to go, Oh, sir, oh, sir, I don't want to go, sir, sir. I was like, come on, just That's fucking pop away already. But aside from that, yeah, no, there wasn't, like, really too much dragging it, it on.
0: That, when we dragged, I mean, that scene dragged down for, like, maybe five, ten seconds. It, it wasn't yeah. that bad. It was well, I mean, too it was, bad.
2: There was a touch of drag, though, is all I was saying. I was eh,
0: say. Very very <laughs> slight drag. It was drag-ish. Touch of drag. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, I absolutely love that movie. So that's my top 18 movies of the year. Number one, Infinity War, 10 out of 10, highly recommended. Cannot wait for End Games uh, to come out. Um, I'm hooked. I'm gonna go see it the day it opens up. Cannot wait to see what they do. Uh, Marvel, you got our money. So there you go, Is that right? Do you want to go next with your list?
1: Yeah, because I've only got a, I've got a top five. So I'll do my top five. Um, for me, number five, Creed II. I give it a nine point five out of ten. I thought it was an excellent movie. Uh, number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. Even though I had some issues with the inaccuracies, I really, really enjoyed the movie. And you know, Malik totally became Freddie Mercury for the movie. I thought it was amazing. Uh, number three, Aquaman. I thought Jason Momoa did a great job. Uh, the special effects were awesome. I was a little bit iffy on the story, but I still liked the movie enough with the special effects to get for it to make my number three spot. I thought it was an excellent film. Number two is a film that I'm, I don't know if, if either of you have seen. Maybe you have or not. It's a movie. It's on Netflix right now. It's getting a lot of advertising. It's called Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. Everybody I started that. Watch I excellent film. Oh my god, Johnny Alpha. For real. I, st- film.
0: I started yeah. that, halfway through, I had to go do some, and I couldn't finish it, but I will finish it. It was really good, though. Oh, I about the acting. Yeah.
1: The acting, and it, it, this is a movie that is character-driven, and the acting is fantastic. I love that the writing is good. I actually hope they do, like, a whole bird box, like, cinematic universe and give us a bunch of films, because...
2: Kinda like Cloverfield, but better?
1: No, 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 no. This blows Cloverfield out of well, the water. I mean,
2: but, but similar to, like, how... No, not is.
1: similar, bro. Not similar at all. no, no, no. no, no at like, all.
2: The universe you're talking about, kind of like how different films set in this... Craziness. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Okay, cool. Yeah, but no, I, I would like to see multiple films because I think it's great. Number two, it's number two on my list, and my number one film. I went back and rewatched this movie. I'd say about three or four times this year. The first time I watched it, I really was kind of iffy about it. But the more I watched it, the more I was like, "My God, I love this movie. I love the cinematography. I love everything about it." Mandy with Nicolas Cage fantastic film and Mandy that's my it's awesome. num- my number all one movies. film of 2018 it is an awesome movie I, I you know those top, those five I, I think were the best of 2018 and notice how my 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 top five really didn't feature a lot of comic book movies I wasn't really no, big no. on all the other little comic book movies that came out this year Um I liked them and you know they if I was doing like a top ten or a top twenty they might fall up in there somewhere but you know the top five has to be your has to be your best films. So you, bro. There I feel you bra.
0: Mine's gonna yours. So. I didn't even know there was a movie named Mandy, but Alpha, you're you next, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna start with my five
2: worst. Okay, number five Ready Player One. I like The Shining scene. I thought that that was pretty clever, but that was kind of the only thing the film had going for it, besides it looked nice. Uh, number four is the tie between The Nun and Slenderman. Just, oh my God. With all the great horror films, like this is what comes in the theater this year, The Nun and The Nun and Slenderman. Number three, A Quiet Place, another movie that I can't believe everybody's like going crazy about when there's actually really good independent horror films coming out left, right, and center this year. People are going crazy for this M. Night Shyamalan ripoff crap. At number two, I got Tomb Raider. Oh my god. Why did they even make that? And at number one, my worst film of the year is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It was just utterly painful to watch. I haven't had this much physical pain watching a film since Batman versus Superman. Okay, and my best list, um at number five, I got Deadpool 2. It was just incredible. Um Josh Brolin as Cable actually like made me like a character I've never cared <laughs> for in the comics. Yep. Um uh, D- Jazzy Beats as um Domino's perfection. She was sexy. She was the character. I just loved it. Shatterstar was a great throw in. I I just had a ball. I fucking loved Deadpool 2. Number four, it's another really odd little indie horror film called The Endless. It's a H.P. Lovecraft type movie. It's really, really funny and really spooky at the same time. I highly recommend checking out The Endless. Number three, it's an odd little sci-fi movie that kind of went under the radar, but I really like it. Hotel Artemis starring um, Jeff Goldblum, Jodie Foster, um, Dave Batista's in it. It's got a weird cast, um, Charlie Day's in it, but it's a really, really neat sci-fi movie that kind of reminds me of some of my favorite um, European science fiction graphic novels. Really well done. And number two, the wonderful, the heartwarming, the just beautiful, fun movie, Christopher Robin. I just, oh, I, I, I felt like my five-year-old self, like just when my mom used to read me the actual old Winnie the Pooh books, when I watched that, it was ah, it was heartwarming. I I, I really thought you were gonna
0: say Mary Poppins for a second there. <laughs> no,
2: Christopher Robin. It's just so good. And at number one, Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage, the most oh, esoteric, look at that. bloodthirsty, beautiful movie featuring a cheddar goblin I've ever seen. It's it's so esoteric and surreal and it's mind-blowingly wonderful, and Nicolas Cage just plays Nicolas Cage to the f- furthest <laughs> extent, and it just it just shines in this film. There's chainsaw fights. There's a giant silver axe that he actually uses a lot, because a lot of time in these horror movies, like the guy makes this really cool weapon. And he like he like uses it once and loses it. But no, nah, Nicholas Cage like fucks all kinds of people's up with his axe, the beast. So um you got really crazy black metal bikers called the the black skulls. I mean it's oh, ooh, it's just such is. a
0: hey, uh, hey Johnny
1: Alpha.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Knock knock. Who's there? <laughs> Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips.
2: From Chips. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> dumbest joke that's
0: so I funny, it. dude. You... <laughs> wow. So stupid.
1: What a dumb uh,
2: question. Uh, oh, dude. Mandy is the, f- the bee's knees, man. Like, Cosmatos is the man. I love Beyond the Black Rainbow. I didn't know he was actually making another film. Zod Rider told me to watch this, like, on our last show. And I found it at the library. And, dude, I, I watched it, like, so many times. I just... Oh, it's so good. And the colors and just the soundtrack and the cinematography of the yeah, church that, that, like, yeah,
1: that, like, Tangerine Dream-type soundtrack. That's what did it for me. I'm like, that's epic. Like, wow. Like, legend-type epicness. Mandy
2: and is the bee's knees, man. You will not find a horror movie that insane that wasn't made, like, back in, like, 1987.
0: stories, well, I'm going to, to check out Mandy, then, even though it's got Nicolas Cage in it. But uh, Oh. So, so you're I'm, saying well, that... About the God the, King
1: Nicholas Cage, dude.
0: So you're saying this is Nicholas Cage playing a Nicholas Cage character in the most Nicholas Cage way that he could be Nicholas Cage in a Nicholas Cage movie, driven by Nicholas Cage, acting no, and actually, starring like Nicholas Cage. All.
2: It's actually this really weird, um, mythological space mix of um, horror fantasy that's involved. Yeah. Dude, it's hard to explain, but Nicolas Cage plays a character that's so Nicolas Cage that um, it kind of makes this film work.
0: Ah, okay then.
2: Like, Writer said, it's like Legend mixed with Hobo with the Shotgun mixed with I mean, like it, it's 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 sleaze, it's Grindhouse, it's ultra fantasy, it's it's got these really gory horror elements. It's very,
1: it's very. Let's just say it's very eighties.
2: Yeah, it's like everything awesome from the 80s, all rolled up into this really cool, crazy ball that works just so perfectly in this wonderful, maddening tw- two hours of just beautiful cinematography insanity.
0: With Nicolas yeah. Cage.
2: With Nicolas Cage being his normal nutsack self, yeah.
0: There you go. Guys, that means we're to move on now to the weekend estimates. Uh, box office results. We're going to go through the top 10 list that uh, we're almost out of time on the show. In fact, we're, we're running overtime just to get this, uh, weekend box office in and, uh, give our top 10. That's a great list, guys, uh, for, you know, being on a rush. Uh, let's go to number 10 here for the weekend. A movie that I want to see just because I, I like the main actors and I hear horrible things. Uh, Holmes and Watson. With oh. John C. Reilly and uh, at in Will Ferrell.
2: It looks great. I don't care what haters say, man. It's a dumb, stupid Sherlock Holmes comedy. It's going to be stupid, yeah. but it's going to be fun. You know what I mean? So I want to check it out, too.
0: Now, last week was number seven. It's number 10 this week. It's made $28 on a forty-two dollars budget, $35 million worldwide. So it's, it's probably going to lose money. We're talking about a movie that's not going to be a profitable film. But, it, it, like you said, it's a dumb Wolf Ferrell, John C. Reilly comedy Some of the criticism I think might have been a little bit too much considering it's, it's Will Ferrell and Chelsea Riley. Come on, I mean, really do you expect, you know, Shakespeare? You I'd know, like to but,
2: see them do a Shakespearean movie, man. They're kind of, they have kind of become the new Cheech and Chong. So I'd like to see them do like something like the Corsican Brothers and maybe even try to do a goofy Shakespearean play all hey. the with their retard style. That would be great. Oh, yeah,
1: I'd love to see like a version of Merchant of, Ven- Merchant of Venice with those two idiots.
0: That'd be <laughs> awesome. awesome. The, the, I'll tell you what, Wolf have after Casa de mi padre is so big he do anything. So anything's comedy-related, I, I leave Wolf Farrell. He'll make me laugh a little bit... Uh, number nine on, on the list here is, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I haven't seen either of these movies, by the way. Uh, that was number nine last week, it held on to number nine this week. By the way, Holmes and Watson made 3,400, I mean, 3,400,000, 3, there we go, 3.4 million. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet made 4.6 million for the weekend domestically, and that has an overall take what of, uh, 400 million worldwide, 404 to be exact.
2: Disney Pixar film, it's huge, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, it made 187 so far. It's, it's going to be at 200 before it's over with or, or close to that. On a $175 million budget, that I means it's broken even. It's making profit. It's another one of those profitable movies for uh, for a big ass company. So, and John C. Riley
2: is at least getting one payday out of those two films, so good for him. Yeah. He plays Ralph.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's in this one, so at least, you know, he's in the top ten twice. So go figure it. There you go. Uh, number eight, second act with 4.9 million now. Haven't seen second act. It's got Vanessa Hudgens and Jennifer Lopez.
2: Mm, yeah, I'm not watching it then. Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> way.
0: Not interested, personally. Second act? I didn't even guy. see the first one. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's made over $32 thirty two million how are you? I have no idea. On a sixteen million dollar budget, uh that's it's made thirty nine million worldwide. So somehow it broke even at a low budget. That's sort of the only way I think Jennifer Lopez Vanessa Hudgens' movies break even is when they're really low budget movies and uh they just kinda like squeak Skate their group? way. Like they know yeah. like they
1: know their o- they like they know their audience. So they yeah. figure well if we well if it costs two million to make this movie, we know we're gonna be good for at least you know at least maybe fifty million
0: <laughs> if we're lucky, so we'll make it as low budget as possible and have a good editor you know cut together so it looks like a professional movie, not some cheap third you know three handed you know rated cut movie from like you know a m c or something. Um, so, uh, I'm pretty sure it looks cinematic, at least, but, again, okay. Jennifer Lopez, Vanessa Hudgens, not my, uh... When did first come did they, out did they put my the ass movie. in seats in theaters, yeah. It doesn't I like Vanessa
2: Hudgens, but, I mean, I don't know about... I like the way do.
0: they look, but it's the difference between, like, in their look and some of their... But their movies are not just anything I'm interested in. Uh, number seven on the list this week was number six. Last week, the movie Vice, Uh which actually I really do want to see. That's with uh, Christian Bale. Your favorite uh, Lois Lane Amy Adams is in this, which it's funny. She's been in a couple of movies with Christian Bale now. And she's Lois Lane. He was the old Batman. Go figure. Oh, I don't
2: have a problem with her as an actress. I just don't like her as Lois Lane. She's probably great in other things. I think I've actually seen her in things I like. She's really good in
1: that show that she's on on uh, Amazon Prime. I can't remember the name of it right now, but she is pretty good in that, too. So
0: It's not Jack Ryan, then, I hope. No, Sam Sam Rockwell playing President uh, Bush is spot on from what I've seen in this movie. Spot on.
2: Oh, is that that movie where um okay, that's the the Dick Cheney movie with Christian Bale. Okay, you right. want to see that.
1: Yeah, that it's at the it's at the library for everyone to see, so check it out. Okay.
0: Uh yeah, Christian Bale is uh I mean, he looks just like Dick Cheney. It's, it's it's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah, he transforms with every movie it's amazing that and that guy used to be
1: t- batman huh. you
0: know yeah, and now I he's fat to be it's amazing movie,
1: which is weird i usually like just put on a fat short t- short and fat yeah. bro
0: he is unrecognizable in this movie it's incredible i'm dying to see it just because of the, the performance of christian bale and it's again he is one of these method actors where he becomes the character and even in the batman movies where people are talking about him offset or, you know, when he wasn't actually filming, but he was still on set, um, he was in character the whole time. He was in when he, scary, yeah, that's what they were yeah, saying. Yeah, it was scary to some of the cast members, because he wouldn't drop character. Not only that, when he did press for the Batman trilogy, the entire time he was doing press, he was doing that in an American accent, just to sell the character. So he stayed in that Bruce Wayne character, even months after the production, when they were doing press, just to sell the car, it's like I don't, so it's like I don't Rob, care. Like
2: Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder, then he like didn't drop the character. Like they did not the, the like, Commentary I don't, yeah. for the DVD
0: and shit. <laughs> that's what that's what kind of what it is. Like I don't care what you think of of his movies, whether you like him or not. I think Christian Bale's going to go down as one of the most engaging, charismatic actors, who really like dives into a role. That we've ever had in Hollywood. I mean, when he sets out to become a character, this guy becomes that person, and I haven't seen that in many other actors. That's an attribute that Daniel is Daniel uh, Day-Lewis is probably
2: yeah. the only other one that's around, the right, show alive right now that can do it. And, and he's, he's retiring. Yeah, so, yeah, Bale's yeah. the only one that's left.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. I it, mean, when a, Daniel
1: Day-Lewis became Abraham Lincoln, forget about it.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I was just like, this, "Hello,
1: there he is."
0: There might be an Oscar uh, nomination for Christian Bell on this one, which I wouldn't be shocked because the, from looking at the trailers alone and seeing some of the behind the scene footage and some of the stuff I have seen, phenomenal. I mean, I'm dying to see the whole film. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but it looks flippin' phenomenal. And he's well, one that, of my favorite actors. Yeah, Sam
2: Rockwell is so. W is just, that sounds hilarious. I love Sam Rockwell too, so just to see him play W yeah. is going to be classic, so.
0: So there's, uh, number seven on the list was so six last week. It's one of the 5.8 uh, million, which, again, is a low-budget movie I sort of brought in this week, 30 million, plus that overall, on a low budget. It's not a, a blockbuster action-adventure, you know. No, this is a, a, a true, uh, to, like, what the presidency was for, uh, Bush, you know, going into office, the way he, uh, you know, recruited Dick Cheney to be his vice president. The fact that Dick Cheney was actually kind of running stuff, they touch upon i not supposed to in this movie. Um, the bumbling, kind of goofy idiot that George Bush Jr. is and was, it's touched about in this movie. I mean, you talk about a biopic. This is pretty damn close to being as accurate as you can get. And that, that's from everybody who's been involved behind the scenes, from the production, from everybody who's was in the know at the time they're all saying yeah they nailed every performance and uh i can't wait to see it so guys check that out vice um let me see moving into uh number six uh with nine million this week and a total of uh, 81 million overall domestically and uh, not much uh, on the foreign markets i think it's Hasn't opened uh, but maybe in one or two places, foreign-wise. I don't think it's going to get a foreign release. But it's close to breaking even. I'm talking about The Mule, directed by one of my all-time favorites, Clint Eastwood. Sorry, I'm Bradley Cooper. And uh, Michael Pena, Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, that's a good cast. Diane Weist, Allison Eastwood, uh, which is uh, Clint Eastwood's daughter. Andy Garcia's in this. Uh, great cast. Amazing director, legendary, iconic director, Clint Eastwood. Um, I haven't seen The Mule, but I really, really want to see this movie. It's highly political. It's a drama. It's a crime movie. Again, it's not an action movie. Probably uh, as good as I hear things from it, like Vice, probably would crack my top ten list if we were doing the list after I watched it, but I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet. Will soon, though, looks that good. And uh let's see. Ah, here we go. Number four, which is uh four last week. Uh not sure, no, I'm sorry, number five, which was three last week. Bumblebee, but an additional twelve point seven million uh for the week. Bumblebee anybody, huh? Yeah, that we talked about uh, earlier. Yeah. Third, it.
2: I I hate that it's it's making the lowest mu- um, amount of money for any Transformer movie when it's actually the best, in my opinion, live action one. I like most of the Michael Bay ones. But this movie literally shits on it. In my opinion, this is the movie that the Transformer fans have deserved from the get-go. It's just so good. Like, Shockwave looks like Shockwave. Sandwave looks like Sandwave, Starscream, Starscream. Bumblebee's a Volkswagen bug. The girl that stars in it is really cute. She's a really likable character. I mean... I don't, I don't, ease, she's way better than, um and I like Shia LaBeouf in those movies, but she's way more likable and way more interesting than Screaming Stan Witwicky ever was, so I don't get why this film's kind of bombing, it's kind of tragic in my it, opinion. So it really actually isn't bombing, bombing,
0: a good bombing one. though, but it's not really bombing, it's overall worldwide, it's you know, broken even, when you look at the numbers, it cost 135 million to make, it needed to make somewhere between 250 or 280 to break even, it's a 289 now. Uh, worldwide, so every dollar from here on out is profit revenue. Yeah, but the,
2: the first, like, four made a billion dollars. Like, th- they were okay, but they were nowhere near as good as this film. This one well, should this is a, one to make a billion my Yes, in opinion.
0: but it's a Bumblebee, standalone movie after, you know, the the bad word of mouth of the last Michael Bay movies of kind. I liked them. I didn't understand they're not great movies. I, I understand a lot of the folks out there hated the uh, last few uh, Transformer movies. I liked them; not everybody else did. I understand they're not good movies again, but that's just you know. Sometimes you just like bad movies, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, I just enjoy them; they're entertaining. Yeah, so I know about that. Bad movies: yeah. Superman, Men of Steel. Get on with it, Uh but. Domestically it's has been ninety seven million, so it's gonna be at hundred million in the next few days. Uh so it it probably close out at one twenty five, one thirty, uh domestically, uh, which is not bad. It's gonna end up probably somewhere between two, two fifty, foreign market. So just the foreign market alone is gonna bring back the budget. So it's it's a profitable movie. Not as big, obviously, like we like you said, Johnny, but I think it's big enough to where at least that cinematic universe is profitable and they can continue moving forward with more Transformer movies, and I look forward to seeing what they come up with next. Now, after watching Bumblebee, I'm even more excited because this was a really great movie, and it's going back to, like, what made. For me, Transformer is great to begin with. Uh, good action, good pacing, you know, good, you know, storytelling. Yeah, not it's not perfect but it's it's a damn good fun movie, and uh, it's it's doing good enough to at least merit either a sequel or a continuation of this current universe, which is a reboot from the uh, other transformer movies in a lot of ways uh number four on the list with thirteen million this week, finally we move to uh, a movie I don't know all you you guys loved. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm trying to see it. Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, 13 yes. million. Uh, slight drop, 30% drop from last week, not too bad. And, uh, it's a 133 million domestically, 141 foreign market, for a whopping 275 million worldwide, on a 90 million dollar budget. It's a profitable movie at 200 million, so, it's a movie that made profit, it's a movie that's gonna maybe have a sequel or two. I hope it was, it was the best a Spider-Man pretty, movie yeah. they've
2: made yet, dude. Honestly, it's so if good.
0: You, if you guys feel that way, then you know a sequel is probably gonna happen uh, pretty soon. Because anytime you make a movie like this, it's a, it's a cartoon and it makes that much profit, even though it's not a huge, like it's not Venom size uh you know money but it's really good you know for what it is well that's, the thing is is it's know. an
2: animated movie that's not made by warner brothers or disney that made that much money or i mean DreamWorks yeah. or disney that made that much money which is impressive it's unheard of usually in most like mm-hmm. especially for sony to make an animated film here's sony a columbia
0: like yeah which is shocking that they made this movie to begin with yeah i agree
2: Usually they're they're considered to be the worst animation studio in the world. They made like the Emoji movie. And pretty much if you watch the worst um, animated movie lists on YouTube, all of them will be Sony films except for Studio Brinkado films. So, yeah. So it's kind of shocking that they actually have like a really solid hit on their hands that people actually really enjoy. It didn't just like make money because it's a flash in the pan and people took their kids to see it. It's actually a really decent Spider Man film. And with that the, they use such a fraction of the Spider Verse, like they can do sequels because there's so many more Spider Man out there that they can actually like kind of make into other films. So bring it on. And, like I would love to see Spider Man two thousand ninety nine in the next one. Love no. two thousand ninety
0: nine. No, Don Glover in this one, by the way, because you know Donald Glover. I has, thought he was
2: supposed to be Deadpool, not Spider Man.
0: Well, no, D- D- Don Glover was uh, wanted to be Miles Morales for many, many years, and he never got the chance. But he wanted He's to do all that.
2: Miles Morales is supposed to be like a kid.
0: He for many, many years. I said when he was a younger cat, he wanted to play Miles Morales. He was a kid. Remember, he's been around, Don Glover is not, like, new to the scene, he's been around for a while now, it's just now that he's blown up the last few years. Yep, but he's, I've never really heard yeah. of him,
2: except for a, as Childish Gambino, and I barely even know what the fuck that is, so.
0: Yeah, so you have to look at his resume, he's been around for a minute, and when he first came up, a lot of folks were like, hmm, Miles Morales, he could probably pull that off, and he was—he's uh, actually a fan of, of this version of Spider-Man, shockingly enough. And he, as a, when he was a little bit younger, he pushed to try to be—you know—try to make a movie, a live-action movie, and it just went nowhere. Sony wasn't interested, and in, they never made it. Now they made this movie, and he's not in it, so um, that's good, you know. But it's yeah. all voices anyway, so.
2: Yeah. Well, Miles is a great Spider-Man. Like I. I I liked his comics. Like, I don't even really like Pete very much, but Miles is, Miles is just fun. I I like the version, that version of him. So, and I was really happy with the way he was portrayed in this film. I also really like Spider-Gwen and like Alex likes to make Mm -hmm. fun of me. Yeah. I was really excited that they got Nicholas Cage to play Spider-Man noir. Like, yeah, Hmm. I love Nick Cage.
0: So, There you go. Uh, number two last week, number three this week with 15 million is the one and only Mary Poppins returns. Uh, this movie cost 130 million to make. It's brought in domestically 138 million. Foreign market 119 for a whopping 257 worldwide. So at 260 it breaks even. 257 is right there uh, it's going to break even worldwide, and then from there on out, it's all, you know, semi-profit, we have to give however much they spent on marketing and stuff, you know, I don't know exactly how much the final numbers are for Mary Poppins' returns, but at least they got to be happy more or less with the worldwide turnout, considering it's a Mary Poppins property, I mean, like, was there even well, a market for this movie?
2: Well, the way that they really got people on board was that they actually hand drew, drew the animation sequences, like the original one, and that that that's what kind of kindled excitement for it when that when the first trailer came out and they saw that the the sequences were hand drawn instead of CGI and green screen shit. So um, that was kind of like the big push for it. I, I would only have watched it, really, if Michael Rooker was Mary Poppins in it. That's that's kind of just my opinion. He, I don't really care much for Mary yep. Poppins, even when I was a kid. So. He is
0: Mary Poppins, y'all. Like He is Mary
2: him. Poppins in the story.
0: Y'all, you've got the odd, you know, years. Hell yeah. <laughs> was but he cool? Uh, he was the he, coolest. He, <laughs> it was the coolest. She yeah. was the coolest. But, uh... <laughs> The movie's doing well enough. Uh number two and new on the list with eighteen million dollars in a movie that cost a mere nine million to make, so on the first weekend alone already broke even and made a profit. Uh that's the movie Escape Room with uh Deborah Ann Wall and Tyler Labine it, it's it.
2: supposed to be pretty scary i don't know it's all it's a big theatrical horror film and i'm always disappointed by those but yeah it, there's a good word of mouth for it so i'll give it a shot but um a lot of people liked the nun too and a quiet well, Place, so i'm not really building yeah. out too much hope for it
0: but look it made its money it i know it's a low budget movie so i mean that's always good i, I like seeing movies even you know not the great ones at least turn a profit so, you know, studios can move forward and we'll see what next they can come up with. Except for the Death Kiss movie. I don't, uh, after that movie, I really am. Um, I have a hard time accepting anything that comes out of that studio. That's how bad that movie was. Um they almost had me with that Western, but man, they lost me with Death Kiss. Uh, so that's number two on the list here, 18 million. And again, it's ready right to turn a profit, so good for them. Number one on the list, and the movie, of course, you guys have seen, I have not. I am shocked it's number one for three weeks in a row, because I was not expecting that. I thought I was going to see a 60% drop uh on this week. It had a 41% drop, which, again, it bewildered my mind. But I'm talking about Aquaman, the fish movie.
2: Aqua, Daddy! Uh, aqua!
0: Three weeks in a row, number one, this week it brought in 30 million dollars for the weekend. Uh, it it is dropping, and next week it'll probably bring in like 18 million, you know, somewhere around that range. Maybe a little bit less than that. Uh, so it's gonna settle in somewhere around 300, like we said, 320, 30 around there. Maybe a little bit more depending on where it settles at, but it, uh, it's still a huge profitable movie for Warner Brothers. Uh It's going to hit a billion within the next week worldwide.
2: It's going it's to make a lot of money on video too. It's gonna oh yeah,
0: on video. Well, video meaning DVD and Blu-ray, because you know we don't really have VHS. Well, for these well and on yeah. demand,
1: and of course yeah. streaming. Yes, the
2: streaming. Yes. Yeah, the on demand, the the um, and the disc. it's still considered video, right? I mean.
0: I guess. Yeah. I don't think so. It's like albums, are not albums anymore. There's no such things anymore. It's like CDs and streaming now. But well, no, no, no are album. just
2: not records,
0: right? Or well, whatever.
2: They're albums, though.
0: Before
1: albums, well, before actually, records. no. But see, vinyl. You guys, vinyls made a comeback, dude. Vinyls quite popular again.
2: Yeah, with hipsters and guys with man buns and shit, and that's really yes. expensive to keep to, and to be DJs. into that hobby. So um, yeah, yeah, it is kind of expensive,
1: but yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, well, I have a, a, a lot of uh, punk rock records and 9 Inches and, and, and stuff like that, but, yeah, it's, it's fucking...
0: Look, when they get stream or buy a CD and it's crystal clear, compared to a record, you hear that... <laughs> scratching. You ruined
1: my record, man! I just bought it!
0: I mean, <laughs> you know, while I I love nostalgia, I do love the technology jumps also we've had, and the fact that I'm hear the scratching all that bullshit... From records, I'm quite happy about that. Okay, I still watch so,
2: horror films on VHS. So yeah, yeah
0: well,
2: I'm, I'm still way. I, me and Zod had a talk about this the other night. I was telling him about my v, uh, my VHS collection of old horror films. So
0: so anyway, that's the top ten list. With that said, I mean there's nothing else to say. Aquaman it's uh, blowing everybody away, and I'm shocked. It's really good, man. You'll dig a it. I'll put it movie. Shocked by oh, that. Yeah amazing I mean are you guys aware this is going to make so, over 700 million just foreign market alone
2: good like dc needs a win i, I am so happy that they and it's actually a good film like they they have a good fun enjoyable movie and it's actually turning them a profit maybe they'll learn that like that's what people want to see good enjoyable movies about their characters
0: it's got Jason Momoa as the lead character this guy yeah, could the, the thing is, is he couldn't, couldn't lead a conan movie a few years ago now he's aquaman and he's you know and he's ready to thing. make a billion
1: dollars <laughs> and guess who's responsible for that Version of Aquaman, Zack Snyder. So again, you know what? I'm I'm cool. This movie. I hope this movie continues Zach to dominate. I'm gonna go. see Yes, he did, dude. Yes, oh he did, dude. God, I'm gonna go see did. it. I'm gonna go see look, it three look, look, more look. Hold, on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, He didn't direct it. He didn't write it. He co-produced it. Like, with it. like, uh, for example, like uh, Christopher Nolan co-produced Superman and and. He you got-
1: he was the one that casted jason momoa as aquaman in the first but was he really was
0: he the casting director for them for that yeah. movie
1: yeah was I he mean, the guy that was uh, actually like had, uh, sitting there on the
2: couch watching everybody come in no he wasn't no, there's was some wasn't. guy probably named avi or or gary that did it for him and like they, and they picked jason momoa and uh, Jack, let me ask you this who the fuck was chris hemsworth before you saw miss thor nobody so, like, if he could do it, so can Jason Momoa, in my opinion. He
0: was Captain Kirk's daddy before he was... Okay. Jason, Momoa, Jason Momoa has been in some pretty good stuff, though, yeah, man. Yeah,
2: um, he was in, um, let me think,
0: let me think. Yeah, name that, yeah, um, uh... Stargate uh of bullet, yeah, that was amazing. Blood to that head. Game of
2: Thrones, you idiot! Yeah, so what? That, that was TV. Thrones kind of is such a hipster piece of shit. So yeah, I've
0: no, never seen. No. A, I've never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones, and I don't plan to. I have no desire really, to he didn't
2: actually talk, all he did is like grump, grunt, and hump. Yeah. shit, So it's not like he was acting. Trying <laughs> to and grunt. let's
0: look. Let's look at the resume here. He did Corner the Barbarian, which is terrible. Bullet to the head, which is terrible. Wars, which is terrible. Sugar Mountains, which I've never seen. The Bad Batch, which is another bad movie. Justice League, which is terrible. And he finally got it right with Aquaman.
2: You forgot Bat- um, Stargate Atlantis, which is what made him popular to get. And he's also, not, uh, he's
1: also on a series called Frontier in, uh. I, I'm not kind of TV too. shows,
0: we're, we're kind of only movies. This cinematic, you know, outpouring with of. Was that the garbage. one where you
2: played the Irish pirate with, like, the, the elephant tusk knife? Because so I was, like, watching, it and I'm like, yes, Jason Momoa, the fucking Hawaiian guy, is just so believable Brave. as an
1: Irish pirate. Like, oh, come on, you guys didn't see Braven then either. Okay.
0: Look, he had, he had six horror movies, and now he finally made a seventh, which is pretty decent. Are pretty good or well, great i haven't seen it so he's i'll give you my judgment he's that. actually
2: finally hit his stride with a character that he's having fun with and you have fun with him in the film so good give because him he positive. looks
0: it looks something like the comic version so it's good to see that a, a different interpretation a different take uh, which does, you know, pick some things from the comics. I so will say that there's some things in there that are similar looking. Uh, but for the most part, this is a completely uh unique take on the character, which is fine. This is what audience obviously like, and uh, it's going to hit a billion Thor, dollars worldwide. I mean, like, so just,
2: I, The DC guys just pretty much looked at what they did with Thor, and they're like, we Basically, can do that with Aquaman. We, we can yeah. do that with Aquaman. and they And they did yeah. it, and they pulled it off, and it's good.
0: Just like they did with Thor. So there you go, guys. That's uh, the box office top ten list for the week that is ending in January 7th now because it's already past uh, midnight here in Miami, Florida. Uh, guys, we're all out of time. In fact, we went over about 47 minutes on this return. Um, I don't know if you guys want to uh, talk a little bit more until we just get finally the third hour. Screw it. Yeah, the, you know,
2: th- the three-hour special. What do you want to talk about, Zod Rider?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm done with the top 10 list. I'd say 1 through, uh, 1 through 10. Honorable mentions. If you guys want to go into number 11, uh, for, uh, any extended purposes, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody made 2.4 million. Oh, so and that's that, still
2: making money too. Good for it. Dude, I didn't, I that's it making,
0: that's making crazy money. Are you kidding me? It's got 550 million foreign market money. That's a incredible. Okay, especially
2: for like a biopic, like a period piece film, that's pretty good.
0: In a movie that didn't even open up in China,
2: because of gay people. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, they don't like the gays in China. They don't. Uh, Yeah, well, well, they're gay friendly though. Like Brazil, it did really well there. Um, Believe it or not, it's kind of ironic, but Australia, the land down under, is really gay friendly. Brought in thirty million there. Um, you get the land down under
2: yeah they don't. they only um they only ban horror films in Australia for some reason, like you can't like release a horror film in Australia, but pretty much anything else they're they're cool with for some yeah, reason yeah but it's but, but you, <laughs> get, you get
0: you get it the the land down under and they like you get it you know you talk so, about the lapland, never mind uh japan uh opened a new they have, yeah. the billion raps rhapsody. i the world has. Uh, bought into that movie, incredibly so, but uh, uh, nowhere to be seen in China, but it's amazing, you know, and I find it kind of surprising that in the UK it only brought in 61 million. I thought it would be a lot bigger of a hit.
2: They actually weren't really big into, um, like a lot of the Brit bands that get big over here, the Brits don't care about. They never really liked Queen very much. They didn't like Dire Straits, um, uh, Fox Eagles, a lot of the really popular Brit bands that break big here. England doesn't care about him for some reason. It's kind of weird like that.
0: I did not think that was the same thing with Queen, though. I thought Queen was huge in in, in you know the UK. I thought
1: Queen was huge pretty much everywhere.
0: Yeah, Queen took one of the biggest rock bands of the seventies and eighties before he died. I mean, they talking about like they had a string of number one hits, which at the time was like unheard of. And just the song of Bohemian Rhapsody Alone, the way that, that song is structured, it's amazing they that they even got out on the air. But, uh, I mean, back then, a, a, what, a six minute long song? I mean, that's.
2: Yeah, without without getting cut for radio edits, yeah, you that's know, pretty unheard of.
0: Even back then, today it's impossible, but back then it was, like, unheard of. So, I mean, for yeah, that to yeah. be the case. Yeah, they,
1: they were looking at him, they were looking at him like they were crazy trying to get that on the radio.
0: <laughs> but it worked. I mean, and it's funny because that song has had so much life over the last three decades. It was number one twice in the in uh, the the charts uh, originally when it came out, and then and it when it hit Wayne's World, Wayne's yeah. World, yeah, and then the Wayne's World brought it back, and it was not only did it sell the hell out of that soundtrack, and that soundtrack sold like crazy, but it hit number one again as a single. Which I mean, name me a handful of other songs that have ever done that. Period. Oh, yeah, it's,
1: it's pretty rare.
0: I mean that's an incredible task. So I'm I'm shocked by the box office results foreign wise, but uh my goodness, I'm surprised the UK didn't embrace it a little bit more. I mean this is one of their bands. You would expect them to embrace it. Hell, it made more money in South Korea.
2: Well the thing about the, the thing about <laughs> Japan and South Korea is like they love all things rock and roll and, and and especially with Korea a lot of that stuff is new to them because um since the, they've been liberated after um the Korean war. So they've really embraced like rock and roll culture and stuff like that. And like, they've really gotten into all that type of stuff. So when things like that come out, it's really exciting for them because it's sometimes even new things that they haven't learned about yet. So it's not too surprising that Japan, per- they just love rock and roll. They like country too, for some reason, but rock and roll, all these <laughs> rock, they seem to just, just love. And it, that's why I love them as a culture. They just like embrace weird stuff from around the world. And, and- they're just cool
0: now that's the movie i want to see a bunch of japanese cowboys
2: oh actually that, dude, there's a couple <laughs> of them like, you want me to like takashi amike made a really really good um japanese western film called um sukiyaki western Django*. it's actually in english too like it's recorded in english with japanese actors it's it's hilarious it's so good like if you should check that out if you want to see it and then um I forget the director, um, but a Korean guy made a really good it's, – it's kind of a remake of um, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, but it's called The Good, the Bad, and the Weird, and that is a really, really good Korean Western film. It's also really funny. It, the, the, I highly recommend checking out both of those if you want to check out like weird Asian Western films.
0: By the way, guys, something we have not talked about um, at all, and, uh, you know, closing the show up here, I think it'll be kind of uh, an epic to so so uh, because it's back for a second season. And I saw the first two episodes uh, yesterday, and they were historical. The Orville season two. Have you guys was seen it? the first episode? Oh God, oh, God, yes.
2: Is it back on? Hilarious.
0: Oh, my God, it's so funny. i
2: have to get them off the library because I love the first season. So, yeah.
0: Oh, dude, the second season has picked up so epically, uh, incredibly funny. The great release in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir, uh,
1: I know what you're talking about.
0: The character Portis, which he comes out as this badass Klingon type of character. And he's in a same-sex marriage. Uh, his species, which are like the Klingon of the show, they turn their female into males with all transgender. <laughs> To begin with, uh, which is it? it adds uh, in the first season, it added for so much, you know, hilarity and confusion at the same time. But uh, it, this is from the mind of Seth MacFarlane, and uh, the second season with the great re- the, the episode of the Great Release, that first episode. Did when he, he unzip up his pants? Now,
1: did you see the second episode where he has the porn addiction? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When he goes into the holodeck, and the character comes out, and he's like, and he's dressed in leather, and he's like, I come to bring you pleasure, and I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, this is brilliant, this is like everything I've ever wanted to see in a Star Trek comedy, and then some, like, this is so freaking funny, like, every single scene. <laughs> Cracks me up, and it's subtle. It is not over the top. It's not slapstick. A lot of the humor is like very sarcastic, Seth MacFarlane-ish type of jokes, which completely sells every single character. Like every character on this series owns that character. Like every actor is just on point. They're they're good. They're funny. They add to the story. But that character of Portis and his lifestyle is the funniest thing on TV right now, and it's not. And it, when you look at the surface of the character, he, he the the actor who's playing the character, he's playing him as straightforward. That's as what's when making he it on. so great. Yeah, he's, I know. Great <laughs> he, he's as uptight as Michael
2: Dorn is. At, was as Worf. I mean, like he's just uptight. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. What I saw in the first season, the the, the 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 episode with the the baby, I thought that that was actually really dramatic too. At the same time, I was actually quite impressed that they took on that subject matter and they did it in a way that where it was funny, but at the same time, it was kind of heartbreaking. It was a really really interesting episode. I like that one and the one where you vote if a person like lives or dies when they went to the that one planet with the guy in the statue. Like mm-hmm. they 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 take on some pretty good subject matter and they take it. To interesting places on that show, so I, I, I
0: can't
2: wait to well, see what you guys are talking about. because it's In
0: the, the second camera. episode, they kind of like, they, they segue back in, into a little bit into like the first season with that episode of the, uh, the baby. The baby's yeah. a little bit older now, and I guess the species age a little bit, you know, faster, so he's a little bit older. Uh, it's a boy, obviously, since I had a sex change, you know, spoiler alert for the first season. Uh, but it, 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 it's funny because. He, and I don't want to give too much away because it's just such a funny setup. But m- the main plot point in the second episode, the reason he's having marital issues, deals directly with that f- episode in the first season where he is unhappy with what they did with the child. And because he's unhappy in his marriage, certain things happen to him. And he becomes an ad- in, a, in a porn addict. In, in essence. <laughs> and, and, this is not like watching a porn movie or flipping through a magazine. Uh, this is holodeck porn. Okay?
1: Yeah, where, like, you know, like VR <laughs> porn
0: in a sense. Like, yeah. a, and I love the sequence where he goes to like that, like the cockroach to the Canadian, and he buys a porn, like, you know, holodeck from him. And it's like him sitting around with him. It's a, it's a, it's an orgy. Basically, it was what he's buying. And his husband walks out and he's like, Porters! What are you doing? We're supposed to have pudding tonight! <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, not I laughed. I love the way
1: that it gives- I love the way that the fucking porn creates a bigger problem later. Bro! <laughs> it's so epic!
0: They order pizza and my shit comes out.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's
0: get a pizza. He, you know, it uploads <laughs> a virus, but accident almost kills everybody. Like, there's so much epic, funny shit happening in this show, which is, like, it's random, it's the best Star Trek
1: show. It's the best Star Trek show. It's like Star Trek and everything but name, for real. Yeah,
0: completely. The original, is, I think it's better than any of the Star Trek series we've had since the next generation, to be honest
1: <laughs> It is, for real. It's definitely yeah. better than that Discovery uh, crap. Yo, uh, Discovery uh, is garbage. And it has
0: done... It it has Doug definitely. Jones in it, by the way. And Doug Jones is my dude. I love Doug Jones. But the Orville is a knockout of the park. John, yeah. go for it.
1: Maybe maybe, oh. maybe when they cancel Discovery, uh, Doug Jones can jump ship and go be a funny alien on the Orville. That'd yeah, be Yeah, awesome. he'd be more
2: at home there because he's actually a really funny dude. I mean, like, if you watch him and John dies at the end and stuff, he's hilarious in that. So would, yep. he would be much better. I, dude, like, discovery is such a letdown because it does have a good cast as michelle Yeoh. it has jason isaacs it's got doug jones then the, yep. the um, main chick she's pretty decent in it and but it does, it's like uh, you guys are talking about doctor who it's just written like shit
0: and it makes no oh, sense it's, it's supposed 20. to be a it's supposed to be a prequels to the original series or somewhere in that timeline but yet everything looks like it's out of the uh the, the, prime the universe yeah uh, the uh, JJ universe, sorry, and it's not supposed to be in that Kelvin universe. It's supposed to be set in the original timeline. So they they've completely screwed up Discovery. The guys <laughs> who <those> were Klingons. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the Klingons look. Actually, the, the Klingons Klingon Klingon look ever. like Portis's... They look like porters like species. More. That, like, yeah, you know?
1: that's what I'm saying. I wish the Orville yeah. would just become ordained as a Star Trek show. Like that would be like an awesome finale. We find out that it really is a Star Trek show, but that they were just. In like a holodeck simulation the whole time. Well, there's so <laughs> many,
2: there's so many Star Trek people attached to it. I'm surprised like they can't swing it because isn't like Jonathan Franks and all them guys like involved.
1: Oh in yeah, it? yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. on there as
0: directors and producers and shit. <laughs> they could just honestly just say, yeah, this is actually in the Star Trek universe. It's just set up on a ship where everybody's a goofy ass, you know, funny motherfucker. <laughs> guys, we're all out of time here. This is three hours of the roundtable. Hopefully next week we'll have uh, Jason Joseph's Back with us, uh, Zod Rider Johnny Alpha. It's been a lot of fun, especially the last few minutes here talking about the Orville, If you guys have not seen the first two episodes, check them out. They're out right now. Do whatever you have to do to watch them on demand. Worth every second of your life. Hilarious stuff. I hope this series goes on for many, many seasons because literally it's one of the best shows on TV right now. It really That's is the best
1: thing ever. It really I mean, is great. They,
0: the Great Release felt like the Great Release. I'll give it that much. <laughs> and if you watch that Johnny Alpha, the expression on Portis' face when he's on the Great Release says it all for this series. It, it sums it all <laughs> up perfectly. Best Guys, way. so next week we'll be back uh, live, hopefully, on the round table. Now, I am moving uh, from my house to a different location within the next few days. So I'm not sh- 100% sure if I'll be on next week. Hopefully I am on. Uh, but we, we do hope and promise to be on more often this year than last year. That's one of our, uh, you know, New Year's resolution. As you can tell, my voice is getting better. I'm getting more into like, you know, doing the shows again. Uh, which is really uh, exciting for me because for a long time I could barely speak last year and that was, you know, troubling. I don't know where that was going, but hey, I- I'm almost there. So, uh, hopefully, uh, next week we're live, hopefully I moved into where I got to move into, and we could, you know, continue forward with the show, and look forward to, uh, Inside the Jackal's Head coming back also at the end of the month, that's gonna be live, and that's, of course, following this guy right here, Zod Rider, and the Zod Rider Show, Tuesday nights, uh, Zod Rider, uh, you have anything to plug for, your, uh, the Zod Rider Show coming up?
2: Yeah, he's gonna talk about the Snyder Cut
1: again. Well, actually, oh. actually, the Zod the Zod Rider show will be coming back. Uh, hopefully, this hopefully this Tuesday will be my first um, show Snyder back for rant. 2019. But it will it will of course be another episode of Snyder Cut Radio. So definitely tune in. <laughs> Wait a minute though, but uh-huh. Johnny, you're gonna have to join me. Uh, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to pretty pretty soon. We're gonna have to do that Fist of the North Star episode. I've been dying to do for years.
2: Yeah, the Fist of the North Star Mandy episode. I got, I got. Uh,
1: I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on some things. I'm working on some things, trying to, trying to lock up a couple of the old voice actors that are still around from the old animated movie, dude. Oh hell yeah! He, <laughs> we'll See what we can do.
2: You, you well, got to play Jackie the Pretender. That would be dope. He's like my favorite
0: character in the movie. Pow pow to that. Till next time, guys. This is the Roundtable Show. Have a great evening. We'll see you next week. Stay classy. Hopefully. There you go. Stay classy, San Diego.